on the Tim Marner podcast show today. We have Mark and Liam from Wise Up Underlining Addictions. Hello, Mark. Morning, Tim. You good? Good, mate. Morning, Liam. Morning. <laughs> what are we going to be talking about today? Um, basically, we want to tell you a little bit about Wise Up. Um, See, now we've met each other quite a few times, right? And I don't really, we've never really talked about this in depth, right? Yeah. So let's start off with you, yeah. Mark, uh, and what my story, on. your story. Tell me your story. Um, I think I'll start off at the beginning. Then I actually was brought up two minutes from here, um, around the back. Um, lived with my mum, single mum, um, and had a good family network around me. So as a child, I had a good childhood. Um, lots of friends. Um, and I just was just before you carry on, mate. You, do you do realise you've got your headphones on backwards? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> oh, 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 yes. You should have got oh, a picture of that. Look, look on that side. Flick it the other way around. <laughs> oh, that was one for Shit. Instagram. How, how have you done how, that? How have I not got... How, how do you, how flick, do you it, round? flick it round. So, oh, like that. That's it. So in months to come, there we're going to say, do you remember oh, when you went on, the, on a podcast? <laughs> I, I thought you said you different. <laughs> Not videoing this. I yeah, thought it was just sweet. dead street. Oh, I thought you were being urban. Sorry, I might go back to gambling. How can I be serious now? Tell okay. your story now. <laughs> so, on the Tim Marner podcast show today. All <laughs> yeah. oh, right, I'll, I'll start again. So, yeah, I was brought up around the back here, um, two minutes walk from here, with my mum, um, lots of friends. A happy childhood, a very happy childhood. Um, went to a local school, went to Thornley. And um, as a child, I'd sort of progressed. Um, in particular football, that was my passion. So I had a season ticket at Bolton Wanderers. Um, played for a local team, was the captain of the football team. And then that sort of progressed over a number of years. I ended up playing for the town team, the county. Signed for Man City as a young lad. Oh, really? Yeah, so... From the outside, everything was going well. Um, At the age of 15, a major life event happened for me. I became a young dad at school. At 15? 15, yeah. Really? Can I tell him what your mum's job was? (laughs) Can I? Oh my God, please. No, please, can I? It's really good. Go on, yeah. His mum was a family planning nurse. Straight up. Oh, you are fucking (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, no, that is true. Can you imagine the conversation he had at home? Yeah. I I didn't tell her for two weeks, and I think he ended up nearly fainting when I was telling her. So, yeah, so this this like life event happened at 15, so I had to grow up fast. Um, And to be honest, becoming a father is crazy as it sounds it didn't scare me it was more what other p- people would think of me so I was thinking oh what would they think what would Man City think so I begged my mum not to tell anyone at Man City which she didn't and I think they were thinking I was sort of um, like taking drugs or something which I wasn't um, but there was like there's been a massive change in him it was like my attitude had changed but it wasn't I was carrying this burden around with me so it was around this time I was also reintroduced to my father and one of the first things that I did on a, on a day out with him was gamble. Um, what do you mean? Ba- basically, he gave me some money um, and I'm not blaming him, 
but he gave me some money um, and and told and, and said sort of that's your betting money for today. And I said, what do you mean, my betting money? He said, well, you know, we'll have a bet on the horses. I won that day, which most gambling addicts seem at the start to have had a big win. Right. And I thought, this is great. I needed money. I, w- I mean, I was looking at, most lads were like looking at buying motorbikes when they were leaving school. I was looking at buying prams. <laughs> so for me, it was just like this big life-changing event. Why Why did you, I know it's, uh, yeah. why did you decide to keep the kid? Um, It was, God, at the time, I couldn't, I couldn't even sort of remember. All I remember saying to my girlfriend at the time is what will happen I, I, he said I'll stick by you no matter what and I, and I, and I meant that yeah. and like I said becoming a father didn't scare me it was more what other people thought of me and yeah. I had that for a number of years you know just worried of what people think yeah. um, I remember being a young lad and going out with him and telling people it's my brother I'm taking my brother out because I was embarrassed I was still in my school uniform right. but this sort of dysfunctional way of dealing with stress built up then yeah and because I'd sort of started gambling with my father at that time, um, I latched on to gambling because it was the only place if I was in a bookies, which I was too young for anyway, but I'd, I'd sneak in or I wouldn't get asked for ID. You kind of felt you were in control of your life or something? No, it was more, I was sort of escaping from right. no one judging me. So when I was in that bookmakers, I weren't going to be judged as a young dad. I weren't going to get right. looked at in a funny way. It was more an escape from this stress that was on my shoulders. And, you know, I look back now and I, and I, and I put too much pressure on myself. It's not the end of the world but be, becoming a dad. It's hard being a, a young dad. But side by side, this addiction was developing. So I, I sort of left school, went on to college. Um, I got released from Man City, by the way, which... I remember being released and pretending to cry because everyone was saying, oh, I'm gutted for you. But I was actually glad because I didn't have to live with this lie anymore that this big secret was going to come out, which is a bit sad. And and people asked me the question, oh, could you have made it? In all honesty, I don't think I could. I don't think I was the most talented there. I think I might have been able to play in the lower levels, but I don't like blame anything at Man City that went, went wrong in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with that. I'm fine with it. But it was just sad how it ended that it was because I, I, this secret sort of couldn't come out. Um, Why did they let you go? Um, it's just seen a big change in my attitude. Right. I, I think it was the last game of the season. We used to play United on the last game of the season. And they came um, watching sort of the, the head of the academy at the time came watching and it, they were speaking to my mum about signing pro when I left school um, I fe- I'm sure I feigned an injury or something like that the pressure was just sort of getting to me and, and building up um, and then that pre-season all this pressure was on my shoulders and I, I went back and there was just this big change but in all honesty I weren't the most talented there and, and it's very hard to become a footballer so I don't really look at that you know more just that I couldn't be honest and open that's what so me. is your dad a gambler is that why Yes, yeah, right, he is. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. So he t- tell me that. So he took you to the book. He said, "Look, here's your, here's your spending money. You won." It, yeah, it sounds bad. This. It, I, it was actually in a pub that this happened, which was over the road from the bookies. And how old was you? I was sixteen. Yeah. Oh, fif- fifteen. Sorry, fifteen. Yeah. So this sort of. Did you two know each other at this time? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We went the same year at school. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so... And what did you think of him back then? 
Um, very different to what he's describing in a way. Like you know, um, you know, you always have a lad in the, in the year who everyone knows is going to make it as a footballer. Oh yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Mike. Was it? Straight up, that was Mike. Mark Mark was, uh, he was in Cheers, every... I've not, I've not heard him say no, that. No, he's no. never said that before. <laughs> no, but in every school year, there's always yeah, someone where everyone yeah, goes, yeah, yeah. he's going to do yeah, it. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, I'm, and I'm not... I'm, I'm definitely not a footballer. I don't have that mad interest or anything else. He falls so over balling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, kick it. Um, <laughs> go! But, uh, yeah, woo! Um, <laughs> go Whites. Um, but yeah... So I can't comment on talent or skill or anything else, but one thing I definitely would say is he was what, what I guarantee Mark had been the hardest worker. His mum's even said it to me in the past. She went, no, no, he'd be out on the field playing football on his own. Like he was, I, that's true. Dri- you were driven. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so what did I know of him? Mad popular, um, in with sort of, the cool naughty lads, but not necessarily known for being naughty. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Yeah, we'd be mates. Um, in school. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and um and yeah, just um the the person you'd think would make it. And I even remember I remember when Mark obviously you know, it was big news in the school like it always is. You know, yeah. I remember him um obviously having his son. Um What did you think at the time when he when it came out that he was like mad? First of all, like he's got laid. Yeah. Nice. Nice, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, fist pumps, chest pumps. What that's was that fifteen? Yeah, yeah. So you know, yeah, you I know think you're a bit before that. To I, be think, honest, uh, I think I uh, think yeah, well yeah. I think I, I think every lad in the school give him a little wink and a nod. Yeah, do you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like that, yeah. you know. Don't last right, long that, yeah, does it? Yeah. yeah. I hope but, she's uh, not listening now. <laughs> oh, no, don't. oh, don't. Um but um it just mental. I would I and to be honest. I don't even think up until recently I'd have got my head around what that meant. Because I think until you have a kid, you do, if someone told you what's involved with a kid, you'd never do it in a way because it's that mad. So to think of him dealing with that at 15, <laughs> mind-blowing. Do you know what puts that it into perspective now is when I see my mates becoming young dads and they're scared and they're saying, I'm not ready for this, and they're nearly 30-year-old. I used to finish my exams um, I'm doing my GCSEs and in between my exams I would go and feed Callum my lad and I've got photos with my brain blazer on with him up with feeding him and I remember thinking I was so grown up and I was dealing with it like a man but now my lad's 15 and I look and I see him it frightens me because I think god I was I, I was a dad at that age with all that pressure on me and I think that is sort of I don't like bullets. It's not like I'm blaming becoming a dad, but it was just sort of these events happened in my it's life. A big event, that mate. To I be know, fair. and they collided, and then and then what happened? I started gambling at that same time, and that was the thing that that I was your escape from escape, all the lies yeah, and rea- the yeah re- reality. Do you, know what, yeah. do you know what I heard you say before as well? And it's proper stuck with me. You said you had all this stuff going on, and you went into bookies because you wouldn't be judged there. Yeah. And it's mad you were worried about being judged. And I've never heard you say that before. You were worried about being judged as a dad or as a non-footballer, but you weren't worried about being judged about being in bookies. No, no, no. Isn't it mad that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how much pressure you must have been under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, like I said, I didn't eat for two weeks before I told my mum. My mum was panicking and also because I, I knew I had literally been brought up by my mum on a shoestring, but wanted for nothing so we had all the love in the world yeah i had all the support 
every day I, I'd get back uh, from school, she'd say, what's your day been like? And no matter what, I'd always have one of the best days in my life today. And I meant it. I was with my mates all day at school. Um, I didn't do much work at school, yeah. but it was just like I was going to a place where all my mates were. I was happy. I was playing football. Um, and I genuinely meant that. So from this this event happening in my life, it just sort of changed overnight. And it's funny, and I, I will touch on my story and, and go through it um, today, but like when I finally did get sort of help for me gambling, I said it in rehab, I feel like I'm a young lad again because I've never felt this pressure being lifted from that 15-year-old up until being 28 until I went in recovery. It was just like constant pressure. Um what I brought on because of my addiction, really. So, talk to me, right, so you you went in this pub, you made that bet, and then you had the taste of the good life. You got that win, you were like, yeah. fuck me, I'll yeah, have some of this yeah, shit. Yeah, I thought... And then what? This, You're doing it every day? What? Yeah, it was... From that moment? From that moment and that buzz, I think it was about £400, <gasps> and at the time, I was sort of having to find money for a pram. <laughs> And I thought, well, this is an easy way out. And I had a job, for, I think it was raking leaves and washing pots at an old people's home for a, te- a tenner a week, a five for the pots, a five for raking leaves. And that was like me spending money. This is where you're still at school? Yeah, yeah. Right. This is what I used to do after school um, at a nursing home. So £400, that's like nearly the, like a year's money doing that. Yeah. And I thought, God, that's an easy way out. And then from that moment on, like I said, I left school. Um, how, how did you do at school? I did all right, considering I didn't try. Yeah. Um, I worked as brainy as Liam. Yeah. Um, but he paid me to do that bit. I'm just like, I did, I did, you caught me off well, guard. No, well, you big, you big me off and said you thought I'd make fuck me. You're a brain box, you geek. Oh, nice one. A geek. Yeah. Oh, I that one. So, no, but. Yeah, so I left school, I did all right, and it was my mum that encouraged it, basically, and said, Mark, you've had all this pressure on your shoulders, you've not done bad at your exams, and you've not tried, so did I really want to stay on? No. Um, so I stayed on for a year, had an even better time at college, because we were all going on our, on our do's and stuff, but I remember then, at that point, nipping off on my lunch breaks, when these lot was in the sort of common room at, at, at dinner time, and I was going to the bookies, so it was becoming... A problem every single day, most days, yeah. Most days, how much were you spending? Um, I can't remember at the time, but I was spending more than I could afford, and and and, I, and I'd, then I'd started sort of asking my mum for money and more money than I needed. And my dad was sort of because my dad had only just come back, I knew I could say, Oh, dad, have you got this? and he'd, and he'd give it me. And still at the time, I'd, spe- I'd be meeting him at the weekends and he'd be giving money and I might win a chunk again that would get me through the week or whatever. But it was just a crazy way of starting off in life. Do you know when you meant me making these decisions yeah, yeah. And, and building a solid foundation? Becoming a man, yeah. Well, I was ruining it all. Mm. So basically my solid foundation was being up to 15. He had a good upbringing, good morals, and it just sort of this it turned into sand and just literally I had no foundation then. So... I'd started gambling um, and then I left for an, to become an, an apprentice electrician um, at the age of 17. Um, Is that, that what you wanted to do? No, no. What, no. what was your, when you were, obviously, was it football was your thing? Yeah, but I, I knew that had gone, really. I'd be realistic. So I, what else did you want to do apart from football? I didn't have a clue. 
didn't know. No. And I say this to my lads now and then, and I say it to a lot of young lads, it's so difficult at that age to know what you want to do because you're not a man, you're still really a boy, but mm. you're expected to behave like a man. Honestly, I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I felt like I need, I, people were telling me, you need to do this, you need an apprenticeship. So in my head, I was thinking, oh, well, they're giving me good advice here. I might need that. I might need a trade. I remember being on the building site and being bored to death. Yeah. And going it's really to, old school thinking that, isn't it? You need a trade, you need a trade. Yeah, and, and you know, people still do it now. I was yeah. going to say, it's a massive problem, that, and it's unrealistic. How can a kid with no yeah. life expe experience, and I don't say that to be derogatory, a kid, but that's what you are at that age. Yeah. How can they be expected to decide what they want to not do for the yeah. next 50, yeah. 60 years? There should be more of a mentality of go and try a few things yeah, I and then totally make a decision. Yeah. But I have to say, probably for the majority of the population, it's a good job he didn't make it as an electrician. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I remember doing a rewire. No, a rewire I don't let him near the tools, I'm telling and, you. And the lights just kept blowing in this rewire that I did, and it was like... I have watched him with a stapler and a hole punch, <laughs> and I'm not joking. But I had to train him on a binder. Do you know, do you know what it is? You're pretending. Of course you, you are. You, you, yeah, you're yeah. sort of thinking, I need to do this because this is what... You know, That's what I'm, you're supposed I'm to do. Supposed to do. I'm meant to yeah, get a trade. Yeah. I'm not meant to be thinking this is boring the shit out of me. Yeah. Going to work every day. So I thought this is the norm now. Yeah. And um, and I went from sort of being happy at school to this pressure on me to thinking, is this what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? But I sort of then my gambling came to a head and was sort of becoming a problem. Um. But the the director of this company on my interview, I don't think I've ever told you this, Liam. The first time he met me, he said. You'll be in the office one day working with us. I like you as a person. And then I went on site and he, he was always asking how I was doing. Well, the fact is I weren't doing very good on site. So lads deserve to be promoted more than me on, on site. But he asked me to come in the office when my, tr my troubles came to a head because my gambling would sort of come into the point where it was making me stay off work and yeah. becoming a problem. What so do you mean it was it was making you stay off work? Um, well, I was, I was gambling my wage every week. Yeah. Um. I, I I was not turning in work because I was it was I was feeling depressed and and snored under with the pressure. Right. I'd gone from sort of asking money from friends and family to payday loans and loans quickly and credit cards. I just started getting in debt very quickly. Uh, it it just became a, a, a serious problem pretty soon. When just give me an example of like what's the worst debt you've been in. Well. I'll fast forward to 10 years to when I was in rehab. What, figure-wise? Yeah. I thought that the money that I owed, this is off other people, bearing in mind, I'll just say on my career side of things, I was an electrician, electrical estimator, then a QS. So they're seen as good, well-paid jobs. Yeah. So I earned money. All that went, So, but that wasn't enough. In the end, I ended up getting money off anyone who I could and I'm on about I'd go to drug dealers and and do illegal things so I hope there's no police listening <laughs> well, um, like what um I, w I, w I would get things off people like what like Come on. weed coke yeah. everything I would get anything that I could get my hands on what dealing from then getting the money no, in it wasn't what? dealing with it I would just get it off someone sell it for cheaper than I was actually getting it just to raise money to gamble with that's fucking shit you know oh no I put this and bearing in mind I would get an Amazon over my head round the corner from here again when I was 21 year old but yet going to work in a shit and tie 
So I was seen as somebody who was like, oh, this is, oh, he's doing well. He's got a company car, he's a QS, he's singing, but I was getting lump hammers over me. I had a knocked out outside David Lloyd, it was. That, that happened. Wow. Uh, um, you realise I don't know you I, that well, yeah, so... Yeah, so, no... Um, let's, 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 uh, let's tell that story. Yeah, um... Basically, that was probably outside my front door, you know. Yeah, at the time. I know, I know. Did you, you just live down there, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we look, that's what I mean with local lads. <clears throat> so there's many incidents like this, but basically I'd I'd got something off somebody, um illegal. Why can't you just talk about it? Why well, I can, oh, go I, can, I can. I got I got some weed off somebody. Listen, you're on Tim Marner's podcast, anything goes, mate. Right? <laughs> right. I'd got some weed off somebody. Yeah. Um went and sold it for cheaper than I got. Yeah. Um, gambled it and then these were Manchester lads that I'd not dealt with before and it was a case of it wasn't they were waiting for it they waited for it for one week the week after I said I've not got any money the phone went dead I was at David Lloyd I don't know if they found I was there and I just remembered a, a car screech up behind me um, in fact it wasn't a car screeching up behind me I, I remember a door opening and I remember looking one way which was to the right and then I looked left and it was bang and that moment when you say you get sparked out, literally I seen a white flash and that's all I seen. So the next thing I woke up in the back of a taxi. A taxi? Yeah, a taxi driver put me in and dropped me off at, at Bolton Hospital. So it was like... Fucking hell, mate. Yeah, yeah. But look... Gangster. <laughs> look, these things, crazy things happen. I'll go back to being an apprentice electrician, how crazy I were gambling. Yeah. I was an apprentice electrician on the building site with 30 mank lads, all burly builders. And my job was to go for the sandwiches. So what? Uh, they give me the money, the couple of quid for the bacon boys. I went to the bookies with it and I gambled the lot. And I remember watching this last dog thinking, shit, I have got to go back to this building site now and tell these that I've just gambled their bacon butty money. And I went back. And I just sat there and they were like, Where the? and a few of them knew I had a gambling problem. I said, I've lost the money. And they were like looking at each other like, this guy's fucking blown them. And the funny ending to this story is last week we had a presentation in Manchester. Oh, goodness. I was hoping this you would is, say. This is crazy. This is like fair. <laughs> you weren't there. Brand, no, no, brand <laughs> massive deal for us last week. Yeah. Business presentation. Could be a big foot in the door. Big company. Yeah. Real good connection with the CEO. Real good feel about it. We were doing something new. So we did a bit of a ritual. We went for a Mackey's just before we went in, you know, had a bit of a Healthy sit down, option. charged up. <laughs> Mark sat there and goes, you know that story I told you? And I was like, which one? He's like, about gambling and dinner money. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He went, that guy at the counter's one of the builders. I was, <laughs> like, I was like, what? You'd winded me up. Like, it went up to him to I be went, fair. Oh, well, uh, hey, mate, are you all right? And he went, oh, most he said, first thing he said is, remember when you gambled our dinner money? <laughs> First thing he said, I was like, fuck it. That is And class. we had, do you know what? Yeah, but how different is that? How different is that? Last time he's seen me gambling his money, today he's out doing a and good I, thing. And I said, so I've got an addiction, of, that, like we do addiction awareness now and all this. He's like, what? It was like crazy. And we actually told this story to all these directors of this company. Yeah. And they all pissed aside. They was all in tears and thingy. But I think it, it warmed. Did you know, we, we, we said some hard hitting things last week in there, similar to what we are discussing today. But yeah, the, these sort of events, loads happen like that. But I'm, in the end, I, I, I became a con man to get money. And you, I'll go back to that question you asked of what money did you owe. I thought I owed about 
40 grand at the point when I went to rehab. And this is how insane a, a gambling addict is because I've been chasing and winning and I won big amounts. It were never bigger and big enough. And um, I was always chasing this big win that had seen me right and seen me retire. <laughs> it was just insane. And I got to rehab and I thought, they said, write your debts down. So I wrote them down and they kept going and going and going. And it was at 180. Um, that's off other people that I owed. So that, that then just made me realise, shit, this is why I've been sort of chasing. I, I end up, in the end, like I'm missing quite a bit out here, but yeah. through my 20s, I lived in two different countries. Um, I, 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 I basically on the run. Um, I just kept upping sticks and going and causing shit wherever I went with my gambling addiction. I got kidnapped with machetes. Oh, let's talk. Should we, let's have that one. Yeah. Yeah, give us that one. Um, basically, again, I'd, I'd, I owed money to somebody who's sort of, who was up to no good round here. And I basically put him in, in the shit with some other people. Um, and I thought I were doing the right thing and, and contacting these other people and saying, look, I put him in this position. They said, what the fuck are you ringing us for? It's nothing to do with you. He owes us the money. And then they ran me back and said, can you come and meet us? So I said, yeah, no problem. So I spoke to my, what I classed my friend at the time. We're not friends anymore. But I said, we'll meet them, but let's meet in town um, where there's cameras. When I turned up, he was in the car with them, which I told him not to do. Um, and they was asking me to get in the car. How old were you? 26. Yeah. Um, like I said, it, it, probably on that Friday, this was a Friday actually, so I must have been off work that day. But I was surprise, surprise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was um, like I said, it. I was a QS on a building site, so I had a good job. So, and then I'm I'm up to the things like this. It's insane. But so I went and met these guys, and 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 they told me to get in the car. So I, my friend at the time, he's telling me to get in the car. I thought this is a bit dodgy. This, so I got in, and then literally. And I, I won't say it's a machete it was a sword <laughs> they pulled it out and and said um, give me your phone give me your fucking phone and, and they literally started flying through red lights in town so I was thinking shit this is this is gonna get messy very quickly they got me phone run my family and I kept saying do not ring my mum do not ring my mum I said this is just gonna end in tears because she's gonna ring the police they ran me mum, we've got your son, da, da, da. she rung the police, put a tracker on What were they phone. asking for? Money? Money, it was five grand, yeah, of a, of a debt that I owed this other lad. That, um, and I said, you're not going to get it out of my family because the fact is, I've took them for everything. Uh, they paid me debts off that many times, there no, there's no money left. So this happened, um, it was driving around with me and rung my dad and then we ended up getting on the A6 in Rivington. We're driving around for about an hour. We ended up getting on the A6 in Rivington and they said, um, they were running out of petrol. So they asked my mate at the time to go and put fuel fuel in the tank and he put petrol in a diesel, not on purpose, but it was like, fucking hell, this Mental is fair. Mental isn't it? Look at his face. So, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, so this... this Gangsters this, in Bolton. Oh, yeah. No, love that. <laughs> love that. Um, so... Yeah, they put petrol in a diesel, so I'm thinking, you've got to let me go. So I'm in the back. I'm, like, trying to signal people coming past, going, fucking help, like, trying to get people's attention. I'm in the back going, I'm fucking... They're probably going past, though, going, I'm not going in there. There's a sword. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been kidnapped. I've been kidnapped. 
Um, How do you communicate that through sign language? You, that you can't he did it through the medium of dance. Yeah. <laughs> eyebrows. It was my eyebrows. <laughs> Fucking hell. Like that. <laughs> no, yeah, that lad there, he's no, been kidnapped him. No, Look at his eyebrows. I, I tell you what, through all my 20s, <laughs> I, had, I had to have balls of steel because I was in that much trouble. But that's the first time I thought, shit, I'm going to end this. Is, this something's going to happen here because I don't think it's because I'm thinking these are all gangsters and thinkers. I thought that... I hope these are not listening now, but I thought they're dickheads and they're just capable of doing something yeah, they don't, off the red. Yeah, they yeah. don't understand the consequences. If they're ringing my mum, something yeah. bad's going to happen. So this car's broke down in the middle of the A6, tea time traffic, and I'm like, you're going to have to let me go. We're not letting you fucking go anywhere. Next minute, they've rung this other, uh, these other people up to come and get me in a van. This van's turned up with people jumping out of the back to get me in this back of this van. But they opened the car door, didn't hold me or anything, and told me to get in the van. Well, I recognised the driver of this van and he put his head down because he, he must have been embarrassed. He must have thought I know him. I didn't know it was him in the back, in the back of this car. And I literally ran at him and I remember making a loud noise, but he ducked and put his head down. One of these lads who also had a machete on him has chucked it at me. I remember it whistling past my head. And if that would have hit me, I would have been in serious trouble. And literally, I'm running up the A6 with all this traffic all around me and cars, and I'm trying to flag cars over. That moment, you know, when you say, would you stop for someone if you've seen him in trouble? No one stops. Bearing in mind they're seeing people with machetes and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. No one wanted to stop. So I'm running up. They're chasing me. I knew they wouldn't outrun me. I just kept running, stopping, looking around. They were stopping, running still. This van has then started driving up this grass banking and all that. I'm thinking, fucking hell. Now, by the time I got to this top of this hill, the like police and the um, response were coming back down. My mum had rang the police and they put a tracker on my phone. All right. So I literally thought, like, finally I've got a bit of help here. Um, in fact, to tell a lie, a car did stop for me. And literally by the time I'd got to the top of the hill in this car, they were coming down. When I say they stopped for me, they stopped and asked what the problem is. I opened the door and just jumped in the back and lay down, couldn't breathe and said, fucking help me drive off. And this woman screaming and her husband and I'm in laying the back of the car. Like, absolute nuts. So the police sort of wanted me to give a statement and and had me in the um, station most of the night. I, would, I refused to give a statement. These lads were on licence and I just thought, you know what? They're not going to protect my mum if these lads get in trouble. And, and I decided against it. And I, I don't regret that. Um, and, and yeah, these guys are, are, are dangerous or whatever. But um, that sort of debt was wiped on the back of that. Well, off these lads anyway, because I didn't didn't say the name. So I'm not I'm not encouraging that. Like, don't. But for me, I just know I wouldn't have got protected. Um, I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have got protected. So that was one of many crazy um, incidents in my life. Um, and I'm on about one of about 50. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that, yeah. So by the age of 28, after years and years of this happening and being stuck in a house on my own and relationship after relationship, being damaged, family, girlfriends, yeah. kids, everything, not one family member was speaking to me. So that lad who I was on about, who was close to his family, wasn't speaking to anyone. He was very alone. His mates, he drove them away. Um, one certain ones, I just hid everything from, and they'd heard I had a gambling problem, but I was sort of hiding away. 
And I literally, I was going on the internet, and uh, as, as dramatic as this sound, but it, it's true, I, w- I was planning suicide. I was thinking, I cannot handle this pressure that I've put myself under. Um, I tried a number of times um, fellowship meetings that... Um, that what it wasn't that it didn't work, but what's like, what's fellowship means? Um, it's like it's like g- g- Gamblers Anonymous. Oh, um, it? Yeah, and they're in local area, and they do e- excellent work for people. And there's people in there that go there and stay stopped. For me, I found it difficult because I'd go there in town on a Friday night to a local meeting, and then when I got out that side that door, people were waiting for me for money that I owed, and I just couldn't escape this. And then when people, I owed money, I owed money to people, so they would then, that would then put pressure on me. I would feel like I need money, so it was just a vicious circle that I would always think, I need this big win, I need this big win, I need more money. And the fact is, I was just getting more money off people, and this debt was just building. So, like I said, this pressure had got to me by the age of twenty-eight. I, I, I was literally suicidal most days, in fact, every day. And I finally found um, a place in the West Midlands that was a, a rehab. Um, and I and I went went there. Why Why did you choose that over suicide? Um, because what, what I, are you I, looking at on the internet? What I don't understand. What do you, do mean? you know? What I was I was looking at where's the that sounds crazy. That I was looking at where's the, the painful, painless um, ways of doing it, and, that, and that's what I was looking at. I didn't want to. Uh, I was a bit of a shitbag to be honest, and I'm glad I was. Yeah. But also, you just asked that question. Then what made you not do it? I always knew I was a good lad. And, mm. I, and I knew that, and I na- that never left me. I always knew, because I cared about people. I still, you know what I mean? I would still open a door for someone. I still had my manners. I still would do something for someone, do some um, a good turn for someone and, and not for nothing back. And I always knew that I was a good lad. And I thought, that lad's not gone. I've just got a fucked up addiction and I need need it sorted. And I, and I didn't, I'm glad I didn't give up on myself um, because it, it, it could have been, and I've had I've had f- family members who've done it, I've had friends that have done it, and, and you think now, fuck, you know, like, I look back and think that's an insane way of thinking, but at the time, it was a, do you know what I mean? It, it wasn't, an in, that was a way out, that was, well, to be honest, or I'd, I'd walk down the street and think, right, if a car hits me now, I'll be, I'll be glad, because it's not suicide, but I'll be over with, and I've not got this stress on my shoulders. The happiest time I had in life was going to bed at night, and funnily enough, I could sleep even while this was going on. But I used sleep as something that was an escape from like from what was going on in my day-to-day life. So, at the age of twenty-eight, I went to rehab. That was over five years ago, and literally, I treated that like as life or death because if I would have carried on, I would be dead. If I went back to it, I would be dead. I would lose people. I wouldn't last a frigging week. I wouldn't. So for me, that's how simple it is. To, for me to go back to my addiction, I'd be just signing my death certificate and that's it. It's, uh, I, I wouldn't last. Um, so that was, a, that, that was a turning point for me. It wasn't easy. They pressed all my buttons and it was the first time in my life that my buttons were pressed and I didn't run away. And I complained about it in there. I said, it's a lot of shit in here. It's not working. They said, if you don't like it, piss off. Literally? And yeah, yeah. There's the door. Bye. Bye. And I was thinking, the cheeky bastards like saying that. And they don't want me here. But I thought, no. And in all honesty, I had nowhere to run to. I'd, I'd, I'd damaged every relationship. So really, that was a roof over me. I'd 
But after about six weeks, I remember saying it's not working and then there being a bit of a change. So at this time, I'd not spoke to one family member. My mum got back in touch when I was in rehab. I remember that moment that sort of just hearing a voice. She said, Mark, and you could hear the relief in her voice. And we just and we were sobbing our hearts out literally like on the phone. We didn't even speak. We were just crying. Just the fact that shit, my mum's got back in touch. It was like I'm doing something right. I'm not like damaging something again. Now I'm I'm, tur- I'm turning things around. Um, and and I threw myself into it, and I became sort of a, a very strong member of, of rehab, really. Um, and because of how bad I wanted it. There were people coming in that were pissing about who I, who I knew really didn't have a serious problem or wasn't really serious about getting better and I would be roasting them and bollocking them and, and a lot of people didn't like me in there for that but for me, I was there to get better. I wasn't there for a fucking holiday or to sort of mm. please anyone. I was there because this is, uh, I want to get better, I want to turn my life around. From that, I ended up um, relocating down in the West Midlands because I thought, I've got a strong base here now and I can't just go back to my old environment. I'm going to have to stay here for a bit and get better. On your own? On my own, yeah. And I had a support network down there with lads that I'd been in recovery with, but they weren't like friends. They were friends, but they weren't yeah. lads who I've known for a long time. From that, I got a, a job volunteering there at the rehab, which I loved as a bit like a mentor. So when people would come in, I'd sign the forms and say I was in here. That had then inspire people and think, God, you was in here and you're doing all right. That was about two years down the line. Um, and then things have happened since then. I've been sort of, they sort of rolled me out on a number of occasions because I've been a success story because not everybody who goes to that rehab stops gambling. I'd probably say one in 10, if I'm honest, managed really? to start. Yeah, it's crazy what the, the amount of people that go back through it and it's sad. And I always say to people, if you... There's a model here that works, but if you want it bad enough, you can stop. But you have got to want it, life or death. And people used to laugh at me, laugh yeah. at me saying that, but that's how serious you've got to yeah, take yeah. it. Like I, I, I used an analogy the other day with somebody about, um, like, if, if you're setting a goal to st- um, to stop smoking, and then they said, why do you want to stop smoking? It's, oh, well, I want to be healthy and fit. No, you want to stop smoking or else you'll get cancer. And what's it? It needs to be, your actual purpose for yeah. it needs to be like that, not just some whim little... Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I totally understand that. Yeah, and from that, me being a pretty sort of strong member uh, and then volunteering there, they rolled me out and I ended up... Um, the first time I ever did public speaking was at the Houses of Parliament. Really? Yeah. So nice software, him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like... To all, to, but to all the MPs, he yeah. means, not just in the building. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was like... That what, was this Through this West Midlands... Through the rehab, rehab they said, we've got an event coming and it was basically where all the bookmakers come because they get funded. Um, They've got to put so much money back in the bookmakers to preventative services. It's crazy, really, how it all works. It's just nuts. But So I went there, so all the bookmakers were there, the main bookmakers, the MPs. So I was looking up and seeing like famous faces and um, I recognise him, I recognise him off the telly. And literally I stood up there and told my story with my mum in the audience. So I was like telling my story, but I ended up turning it around, uh, uh, telling a story to mum how sorry I was. Um, and I watched this thing the night before, because I'd never done any public speaking again on the internet, so it's not bad for some things. Um, I watched a f- clip on Bill Clinton, and they said, how do you have 10,000 people in the palm of your hand? 
And he said, I don't have 10,000 people in the prayer of my hand. They have one person 10,000 times in the prayer of my hand. He said, because I just speak to one person, make eye contact with him. He said, and then me and it, him or her, the other people in the room, and then I'll move on to the next one. Nice. So I tried this at Parliament. It didn't work. Because <laughs> bearing in mind, I'm going on about being kidnapped to MPs. So I'm looking at, saying MP and saying, yeah, and I got kidnapped and like thinking I'm telling him some story like Bill Clinton's telling. Well, people don't want you to sort of look in your eyes when you're talking about something serious. Or Why is that? I don't know. S certain people do. I think they feel uncomfortable by it. Definitely. And I found out there... I think there's some people who who warm to it and think shit. They've been through a lot of trouble. Or there'll be some people thinking this ain't my world. I don't want to know about yeah, this. But I think and they look away. I think when you get to the end and you tell them it's changed, they're probably all right. Yeah, but yeah. In the moment you're telling them that story, yeah. they don't know where it looks because they don't know where it's going. Yeah, I, that's, my, that's my opinion anyway. Like, yeah. I think I think it's uncomfortable because they don't know where that story's heading. Yeah, it's different when it ends well. Yeah. And I would, well, I, I, that's true. I, I was sort of trying to make this eye contact. That was throwing me a bit. So I was learning on my feet probably. Who were you looking at at the time? I can't remember. I don't think it was anyone f famous or it might have been a bookmaker, but I remember it throwing me. Um, so, yeah. Huh? Can I go to the toilet? What the fuck? I told you, like, the medium you of dance. Sign language. He's knocking me fucking mics oh, everywhere sorry, as well. Sign language and the medium of dance. And I'm all tapped high, like. Right, let's talk about you, Liam. Come and say anything about Mark while he's not here. No. <laughs> he's bored me, to be fair. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, fucking hell, he can talk, can't he? He should do public he speaking. He gave you the diluted version <laughs> there, you know. I can only imagine. Oh, yeah. Right, mate, talk to me about you. And where you've come from and stuff, and then t tell me tell me your story. All right, it's a bit it's tough to follow him, isn't it? <laughs> it's just weird. He, he start and then it, I was like, he, he, he had me with the eye contact, and then he said, "And he go for a piss <laughs> halfway through." I'm just Killed like, you can't leave you me can't there. Don't it. leave me there. It's like an episode of his standards <laughs> with drums kicking <laughs> yeah. in. Dum 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 dum. It's like you know in a bird section, yeah. she just she just gives you tiny little bits like that. You're like, no, what, no. <laughs> No, she's more, not writing man. back. She's not, not writing come back. On. You're not keen enough. Come on. Oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. I get used to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, what do you want me to do? Start at the beginning. Yes. Tell me you're from the beginning because I don't know you that well. I'd like to get to know right. you both. Well, we're both like Mark said. We're both local. So, yeah. um, I lived all over both with me. Um, literally all over. I think like twenty odd houses or something. <laughs> My dad was into property, so there's not oh, many right. areas of Bolton I've not lived in. Um. Went to, yeah, to be honest, a bit like my nice and steady growing up. Um, I wouldn't say, and I don't think I'm being disrespectful saying this, I wouldn't say I had a normal childhood um, just because of stuff were going on, but it wasn't bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, what it was normal to me. Um, well, we moved house a lot. Um, my mum and dad were extremely loving, always there, but like, it wasn't typical home environment. They weren't yeah. sort of together. They weren't apart. It was this, that, it. So when you, when I say normal, I don't mean it was a problem, but I just wouldn't say it was normal. Like it's when I describe that, it, when it people was, think what a normal like family life is, what is that? Well, yeah, much, well yeah. that's true. That there's no typical, but like when I talk to people about a bit what it was like, yeah, there it is a bit like that's what, I don't think they get it. Like you know, like 
as kids, like, to give you a silly example, but yeah. like, as kids, we saw my dad by eating out. So as kids, I didn't know anything about it, but I just, like, it was totally normal for me to eat out six nights a week because that's when I saw my dad. So it wasn't about, whoa, we're eating out. It wasn't like that. That's how I saw my dad. And right. not, you know, it, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know, just little things that were, and we moved out a lot. That was totally normal to me. So were your mum and dad together? No. Right, okay. But they sort of weren't apart. And so, like, I just leave them to that. Like, right. yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just, I, it was normal to me. But when I describe it, I wouldn't say it was typical. Yeah. Um, there were just things, yeah, just different things. My dad was quite well known in the time. What for? Um, he, well, being a bit of a whiz kid when he was growing up. And then my dad was before I was probably about, my dad was extremely successful. He went working in Nigeria, came back. Doing what? He was um, he was in, into construction. Um, he went over to Nigeria for a large firm. This was before I was born. My older brothers and sisters, my mum and dad lived in Nigeria in the 70s um, for about, I think my brothers and sisters were there for about six, seven years and my dad was there for about 10 years. Um, and when he was over there, he sacked off working for the large construction firm, set up his own firm, made a lot of money and came back. Um, and so before I was around, he was quite well known for owning hundreds of, you know, a few hundred houses and that, you know, like he was quite well known for that sort of thing. Um, <coughs> it was a different time then, you know. Um, and so so my dad was a bit of, some, in some ways, a little bit of a respected man in the town, really, I think. Um and so, yeah, so um, that's how I grew up, really. And then we moved, just before I started second, we moved from more like this end of Bolton to, to near Thornley. <coughs> um, and I started to get a bit more independence then, to be honest, because I was probably a bit sheltered up to that point, to be truthful. Um, so like, I started walking to school. I was like, get the bus, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I was the only lad who went from my primary. So I was like... I was literally the only lad from my primary who went to Thornley and I think there were two girls. And so to be honest, I shit myself going into Thornley. I was determined to make friends because I, I I, just, it was daunting, you know, all kids from all over areas of Bolton who I'd never mixed with. Um, and I didn't really have anyone at my side. Um, and as it happens, one of the first friends I made who is probably one of my best friends and one of very few from back then that I still speak to happened to be Mark's best friend. And that's how me and Mark know each other and got close because yeah. we sort of shared the same best friend. And I yeah. met him on the first day and he was twice the size of us. He looked 30 at 11. Oh, he did. And he was a great <laughs> person for me to latch on to because I was tiny at that age. Yeah. I really was a small kid. in the um, prison yard, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course yeah. it was. I was like, yeah, <laughs> kind of. Ass. <laughs> <laughs> this guy had a beard in fish here. I'm telling you, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, and, I, and very quickly... As, as much as I was shitting it and everything else, very quickly, I made a lot of friends me in school. Yeah. I was like one of the kids through school, if I was to describe it, I was one of the kids that was literally every group I'd be friendly with. I could do anything with any group. You know, like I was, I mixed well with good, bad, indifferent. Um, so I, I, I was quite lucky in that sense, really. But I felt like I had to do that starting school. Do you know what I mean? Because I went there with no friends. Um, and yeah, I was all right at school. Um, I weren't 
as, as Mark puts it, a geek. But I'll be honest with you, I, I could get by at school, yeah. um, just being honest, um, with virtually no effort. Um, yeah. I was one of these, me, like, I was an all-rounder. I was an all-rounder at sports. I could pr- I could have made any team, you know what I mean? I'm not being a knob saying yeah, that. I wouldn't yeah. have been the best, but I was an all-rounder at sports. I was an all-rounder academically, um, and I didn't put any effort in. I was more concerned with making friends and, and being popular and trying to snog and girls. Looking, and looking all right, yeah. Yeah, looking all right. Um, snogging girls was big on the agenda. <laughs> That's, that, that was always there. Um, and yeah, exactly. Looking all right, portraying everyone all yeah, right. Yeah. That, exactly that. Um, and that was how it continued, really. And I felt very quickly, I, mean, I felt like I'd, I'd, I got everything pretty stitched up, um, like I had everything I yeah, wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I had... I was one of these, me, where I was, like, cheeky and naughty, but I had the teachers in the right place that won't get in yeah. trouble. Yeah. I even, like, I'd even, like, I've banter with the girl, women teachers, and then, like, I'd, I got in the rugby team, I was friendly with the deputy head, so I could wag school and I wouldn't get in trouble. I'd, I'd actually go to the deputy head and get him to sign me out in the morning. Nice. And literally, and I, I lived like around that. corner. And so, yeah, I, I felt like I had... I loved school, not loved school, but I loved how it was all there, you know, like, and I had some my, some older friends and this, that, and the other, and, and yeah, it was good. I felt like a bit of a man about town in school, you know, like, it was it was quite good. I enjoyed it. Was it hard to keep up that appearance, or would you, did you find it come quite natural with no, you? No, I felt it come natural. Yeah. I, 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 initially, like, yeah, I, I definitely it came natural, because I liked what, I liked that perception. I liked, you know, like, yeah. and... You know, and I wasn't a naughty kid, but like I loved the fact I was in with the naughty kids. Yeah, I loved yeah. the fact that I was in with the good kids. I loved the fact that I was this. I liked being yeah, like yeah, that yeah. someone who, who who went well with everyone. You know, um, and so it was easy because it was nice. Um, but yeah, so everything was pretty steady, and then um, we um, a bit like Mark, really. I had I, I, I had a life event come up. Now, in in all honesty. I were introduced to sort of experimenting or recreational drinking drugs pretty early, and I had a lot of freedom. Me, what, what sort of age did you sort of like? Um, I probably started having a bit of a drink about thirteen-ish, like Friday and Saturday. But like I said, I had quite a bit of freedom. Me, my, I didn't know this at the time, but things had changed dramatically for my dad. Um, um, I'll get into that in a minute but things had changed dramatically for my dad I knew that we were moving house and things probably weren't perfect at home um, a bit more and more and my mum was working my mum was working nine till nine four days a week um, so I soon realised that I had a lot of freedom um, I was making my own way to and from school and my sister was a couple of years older than me Um and she was enjoying being a teenager as well. And so, like, you know, like, between me and my sister, we made our own tea, we had our mates come back after school. You know, we ended up yeah. with freedom. Um, yeah. And we abused it a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I started to have a little drink and then weed was, like, ma- yeah, weed became massive. Yeah. Um, we got to the point where I was, I would, I would smoke weed every day from 14, 15 um i would even have it at lunchtime at school i would even have days off from school because i realized really quickly me that my mum left for work at half eight so i used to have a mate knock on my door we'd put our blazers on say see you later watch a go and then go back in the house yeah and then we were there all day smoking weed so 
and like my sister's mates, because we lived in walking distance, some of her mates who were going to college, um, they'd go past and see us being dicks at our house. And they, I never knew this. My sister told me this fairly recently. She said, do you know, my friends used to come and they used to say, your brother's not in school again. And she used to get really worried because I, w- I, w- I was literally, I, don't, I honestly don't know how I did it. I, I didn't go to school. I was like, for my last two years of school, I was like, I'd go in in the morning, register, go home. And then I wouldn't go in because I realised I could get away with not registering. And they used to have this thing called EMA, Education, Maintenance, Allowance or something, where you got a payment every week when you went in. I wouldn't go in school, me. I'd have the receptionist that stitched up. I'd go in at three o'clock. She'd get her to tick me all week and I'd get on my EMA. I never missed an EMA and I was never in school. Like that's like, I had it right. Do you know what I mean? I really had it right. And it was that good at keeping this and bullshitting basically that I only found out that he was taking drugs when it all came to a head years later. So oh, really? I didn't know he was like smoking weed all the time in school. I just knew him as being a good, nice lad at school. Yeah. Got along with everyone, like he, like he said. But I didn't know he was taking drugs. So again, you're kind of living this lie. Oh, yeah. massive. Yeah. I, um, there was a few people who knew I was smoking weed because they were doing it with me. But what happened... Um, I had a, a, a life event come up. There's no good way of saying it any, any way any different. I didn't know this was going on. Can you it tell us what this life event was? I can do, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically I went to school one Friday and it was dead weird. My dad picked me up and took me and my sister for a McDonald's breakfast. Really weird before school. And I was like, yeah, all right, okay, brilliant, McDonald's breakfast. And he said, look, he said, um, something's going to come up today. It might be in the paper. And um, he said, you, um, you need to be prepared. You might get to ask some questions. And I was like, right. And he said, um, I'm in court. And I was like, right. Um, yeah, no worries. Like, and uh, went to school that day. <coughs> and um, came home that night, and just the way with the fairies, really. Um, came home that night, and my older brothers and sisters were away at uni or whatever. And um, my mum said, Oh, you're going Bernie's this weekend for the weekend, which is in Brighton. We spent a lot of time doing that. So we were put on a train, we went to Brighton. My mum stayed where she was, so me and my sister were on the train down to Brighton, got to Brighton, had some tea, um, and then got a, a phone call. Um, my sister got a phone call, um, and she burst into tears. Um, it's a bit of mad, isn't it? I'm getting emotional saying it. I've said it loads. Um, and my dad had been sent down for seven years, and I didn't even know, I didn't, I didn't even know he had a case going on and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so like overnight, just, uh, what did he get sent down for? It was to do with financial stuff and oh, okay. fraud and this, that, and the other. And for, for the record, I, I will say, um, my dad was royally done over um, yeah. because he was suing HMRC. And so the only way they could stop him doing that was by putting a, a, um, a criminal charge on him. So that's my opinion. That's fine. Right There's nothing wrong with that, mate. Um, and so, yeah, so overnight, like, that things changed dramatically. I later found out this court case had been going on for years and my dad had been keeping it all from us, like for our benefit, you yeah. know, and that's a lot to cover. Yeah, it's a lot, that. Um, and so, yeah, so th- that happened. So whatever freedom I had before just went massive. I had loads of freedom because my mum was then working like ridiculous to try and keep things going. We moved house again, just around the corner actually, but moved house again. Um. And at that time, then I had loads of freedom. I was living next door to the doorman of a local nightclub. 
Um, my mum was at the house a lot. She was doing residentials. So that house became a bit of a party house. Um, and my brother was around and I saw him, not, not necessarily saw him doing things, but he was like, my brother was a bit of a boy in town. I loved that. Yeah. Um, and so if I'm honest, that I just... was your role model at the time. Um, yeah, it, it still is. I don't care what it means. My yeah. brother to pieces, he was me. Well, um, yeah. You know, still very much is. Um, and um, so I had my old, my sister who was closest to me was going off to uni. I'd started to take pills in a big way. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, when I was 15, 16, I used to take, I used to go out drinking and I used, I didn't realize how abnormal it was. So I'd be smoking weed, I was drinking. When I drank, I drank to the point where I couldn't see. I even started taking handfuls of aspirin and paracetamol before I went out drinking, which no one knew about. So I drink it at my harder. Um, I was like, I was a bit mental really. I, I, I don't think I ever really drunk to have a nice time. I drunk to Block out oblivion and I loved getting in trouble when I was drinking. What was the reason for it? Now you're kind of looking at it. Was um, it because of, would you say because of your dad's blocking out a pain that you've not, you don't want to deal with? I think um, looking back, I just, yeah, I never, well, the thing is, this, I think the fun thing to throw in is this thing with my dad. The whole family kept it secret. Yeah. So in school, everything, I, my dad weren't in prison. Right. And I learned to lie really good, really right. early. And so I think, if I'm honest, not that there was anything wrong with it, I know it was done for the right reason, but I think I didn't share that with anyone. I didn't share I was feeling. Very rarely talked about it in the family. And I think, if I'm honest, oblivion was just a good place to be. Right. Um, which probably sounds rough if my family do listen to this, but I think oblivion was a good place to be. But... If I'm honest as well, it wasn't just about that. I actually liked the bravado of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked going somewhere yeah. with the most stuff on me. Yeah. I liked doing the most. Yeah. I liked being up longest. And I liked scrapping the biggest, hardest person I could yeah, find. Yeah. And that was generally what happened on my nights. Um, I just became... I, I loved... I, I'd love it if the next day people went, oh, I can't believe you did that. And I'd be like, yeah. I, I, was, I loved that. Do you know what I mean? That was like pff, mega... Because this good boy who got everyone with anyone suddenly had a, a naughty side. Um, but amongst all that, the drugs I kept really secret. So even the friends I was like really knocking about with, they were all anti-classes. So what I'd do is I'd go up nightclub, I'd have the night with them. I'd leave there, I'd go and meet up with older people and I'd go and do classes. I'd ring my mum and say I weren't coming home for like a day or two. And then I'd turn up in college off my head. So when Mark talks about seeing me in the common room, it's mad. I would turn up still tripping off pills in college, but I was I thought it was strong. I genuinely thought it was strong, the fact that I could do all that and still maintain what I was maintaining. That's how mad addicts are and got good at keeping secrets. Biggest bullshit as ever as addicts because he was in that common room off his head most of the time and I was sneaking off to the, the, the bookmakers. But I still thought he was Liam from school and he start, still thought I was Mark from school. So there was no like thinking, oh, there's something going on. And and that sort of allowed our addictions to go on and on and on because it was just how good we were at lying and keep it keeping yeah. secrets. And then I think while that, while that was going on, like I was still had college and stuff stitched up. You know, I had teachers who liked me and I and, and to be fair, I abused that really. You know what I mean? And if mm -hmm. a teacher had a problem with me, I remember one teacher, you'll know what I mean. I'm not gonna say his name, a psychology teacher. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. once I think he'd rumbled me, I was talking gibberish in class like I'd been out the night before and he came on to me. And so I threatened him and I threatened him with my brother. <laughs> I don't think my brother knows that. And I was like, 
when it when when it really got intense, I'd yeah. suddenly go like a bit mad. Yeah, um, back against the wall like a yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah, and um, things like that and stuff. But and my sister, my sister who was living at home had gone to uni at this point. So my mum's working loads. My sister's gone to uni. I had the house to myself. People joke about that house. It that house was during the day school everything. That house was full of lads getting like you know what I mean it was it was mad really um and so yeah I'd formed this like mad relationship with drinking drugs but the real heavy drugs no one knew I was doing it I was taking trips pills um I was then taking prescription stuff to make sure I was leveling out um and all that was the bit that even my friends at the time who were smoking weed and drinking didn't know I was doing that so you were in a pretty lonely place to be fair well, when I say that, I mean, you had a lot of people around you, but really yeah, yeah. inside your head, you're actually on your own. Well, yeah, yeah because and at that time, I'm still maintaining. I couldn't actually tell anyone what was going on in terms of some of the other stuff. Yeah. And so... So this bravado's just become bravado. It's just it this was. outer line. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. And I think it's I funny, you say, like, lonely. At that time, even with all that, I was still enjoying my using and drinking. You mm. know what I mean? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have said that back then. And even, I, and I, you know, it was almost like a false connection because yeah. you can't build a connection on bullshit. Yeah. And actually, I was I was doing a lot of bullshit. And now I thought it was for the right reasons. You know what I mean? Family stuff and everything else. But the truth was, I'd, I I I had a better relationship with drinking drugs than I had with any person back then. Much better, much better, um, and. You know, there's loads of stories. Mine aren't about getting kidnapped and help. Mine's doing stupid shit and probably yeah. being very lucky to be alive. Um, yeah. And the volumes at that age, you know, like when everyone was going out and, you know, taking pills and having one or two, I was doing like 10, 14 pills in a night at very early on at 17, 18. And that was after being out and this, that and the other. And then I got college the day after. I remember once I was waking up, there used to be a um, walk up in a shed. Um, with some people and Bobby was walking past and I went over and had a chat with him off my head and this, that, and you know, like stupid yeah, stuff that's funny at the time and it's funny like in a sense now, but it's not funny to me now because now I know I lost you. I was, <laughs> oh, yeah, I was gone. Um, but yeah, I kept that, that double life type thing just mm-hmm. kept, kept going. Um, I did, man, I, I was good at like, I thought I was really strong. You've seen train spotting sick boy. Yeah. Oh, he, he's the one yeah, that yeah, can yeah. do this. I, I genuinely thought, all oh, my mates do this. They need two days recovery. No chance. I've got work. I always had jobs. I always had money coming. I learned to make money pretty quick at 16. I was walking around with two and three mobile phones. I knew a lad who worked in an electrical shop and this, that. I was buying some phones. I was arranging dues. I used to sell fake IDs. I used to do this. I used to sell Parker pens, donuts, this, that. I always had like earning some money because at that time then money wasn't necessarily right. So I always, this buying and selling and sort of, I was good at that, you know, like I, I, I and, and it wasn't all legal stuff with me. I was just good at buying and selling and generating a bit of money. Um, I'd always have something on the go. Um, and so I had a lot of time, usually quite a few quid for someone my age. And, an unhealthy relationship with drinking drugs. Um, I mean, when, when you say unhealthy, what, I mean, what's the worst point? What, 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 give me your worst point of, I mean, what are we talking, cocaine? Are we talking, what are we talking? I started taking cocaine a bit later on. I started taking cocaine probably about 20, 21. Um, by that time, I was in, at 18, I moved into a house, me, and I started renting rooms to my friends, and I went to uni from there, so then I had money. 
Uh, and, and what I did, this, this is good. Well, no. no <laughs> one, God. Oh, God, no. It wasn't good. What I mean <laughs> is, this is, is how I was this. thinking at the time. When I went to uni, first thing I did, I enrolled on an NHS bursary course. So I got an NHS bursary. I got a loan. I got an overdraft. I got a house where I was renting rooms. I was fucking rolling in it as a student. Fucking rolling in it. I'm telling you, it was good. No, it wasn't good. Uh, no, what I, I did, get but it. What I'm saying it. is, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I didn't make three months on the course, but I managed to blag them to get me to finish the year. So, like, what I did is, I, I, I get, was able to maintain my loan, my bursary, and everything for a year. Then I switched unis then, um, and got involved with building surveying, and and yeah, it was mad. And and this is like when I was living there. Oh, it was mental. That house was like m off the charts. There used to be a pub down the road. I had a right mixture of people in. I'd have students in my house, drug dealers in my house, I'd have this, that, the other. It was all going on. It was like every night of the week. And, you know, like most people got uni and go, oh, it's wild at uni. I've done this, that, and the other. Like, this was like another level. I mean another level. Um, it was, I don't know who we woke up or, I, I don't know, we stayed alive and didn't get in trouble with the police quicker. Um. It was mad. It was, but but not mad like like I said. When you and Mark talk about his stories about criminal stuff, this like, this wasn't that. This was just fucking stupid behaviour. You know, like yeah. really stupid. No, but I'm behavior. listening to that now and thinking, even some of these things I've never heard before. Yeah. With Liam, have you ever too, too done like a, a long term podcast? Most of your stuff doing just bits of no, radio. We talked. We, we said when we when we're established, we should do a book. Um, yeah. yeah. But because uh, there are some stories like, but yeah. but no, I've not done anything like that. Um, yeah. So some of these things that he's saying now um, are the first time I've heard it. And although you say it's not mad like Mark, our life was sort of have gone off in different directions. So I was gambling my nuts off. He was taking drugs. Mm. Didn't even know. So a lot of this I'm hearing now, although I've heard snippets of it before, I'm thinking, you mad fucker. I used to like, stupid To stuff. the point of you, you were that close to death so many times just by... Liam, just give me some examples, mate, of what's going on in this house, just so people can... Um, well... <sighs> It was a bit of a non-stop party house in that in that sense. So there was three or four of us living there. My, I can oh, I can tell you a couple of good bits if you want. My cousin at the time rented a room off me. And my cousin was straight-laced. Coolest dude you'll ever meet, but yeah. straight-laced. For some mad reason, he ended up being a reporter of the Bolton Union News at the time, <laughs> living in that house. Right. And so we used to give him story ideas and do this, that, and the other and everything else. And it all got a bit much for him in the end, and he moved out. Um, so there was a few things going on. I think the tipping point for him when he decided it was too much. I used to work in a pub, work in a sports hall. I had that rent coming in, and in this pub, randomly, I don't know if you've have you seen the Peter Kerr stuff? Yeah, yeah. I ended up meeting the actual owner, not Peter Kerr, of Softy's Hard Stuff, which was a pawn yeah, shop yeah, in yeah, town. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> so. The house was like, one minute it was drug dealers, gangs, this. I used to go about with them and into the town and be watching this. And then on another night, it'd be something like this. And we um, we met this guy, realised it was him. Took a lot of drugs with him. Told him to take him back to the shop. And we robbed the shop. Just robbed Softy's hard stuff. Everything? Um, well, much. when my cousin came in the front room in the morning, he realised it was too much and he moved out. Softy's hard stuff is in dildos. And we robbed the shop. <laughs> I don't know. Who oh, have I? Who have uh, I got into business oh, with? Oh, poppers, <laughs> like weed rolling stuff, mags. Vicky used to joke. My wife Vicky was with me then as well. 
I used to have um, a box under my bed with all the material in, and I used to rent it out to people because yeah. I had that much, like... <laughs> DVDs and mags and that. I'm telling you straight. I'm not in this in Raska. Rented old or no, not I didn't rent them. The DVD, DVDs and that. Yeah, it was mad. Um, and during this time, like I was actually at uni. I was. This is how mad again. This is how I think an addict can manipulate and stitch things up. Although I wouldn't have said I was an addict then if I didn't know what that was. But I um I was doing building construction management and then building surveying at Bolton Uni. And it, I started off with a HNC, which was a two-year course. I was bearing in mind what I've just described in terms of the house and what was going on and everything else. I was one of only two people to finish that course in a year. I did it in a year so that I could then get onto my degree. And if I'm honest, I used to, I used to, I'd be sat, I'd wait until the last day. I'd be like, "Look, lads, I've got to do some work." I go upstairs, a load of gear, a load of Pro Plus, a load of spliffs. I'd blast something out that night. I'd take it the morning after, still tripping, and I'd tell my dad a family loss. But I've managed to do my work. And then that with did markets and pathetically. Right. And I must have done that. I don't know how many times I did that. I did that same course as well. That's what's mad, even though all this chaos was going on in our lives. You I, can be driven, can't you? Yeah, I, I knew I was sort of, I can do this. I can I can be whatever I want to be. And, and Liam telling this story now, and as much as we were lost and all over the place... I believe he knew he could do it and I knew I could do it. Yet we probably weren't even in contact at that point. No. We'd lost contact from school. We'd lost contact. We might have seen each other bumping into, into each other on nights out or at the same mate as, uh, same do as our best mate. But we both ended up doing HNCs and sort of ended up being, being successful yeah, as such yeah. in our careers. Um, yeah, it's true that because like all this madness was going on. Um, and it's funny, I, I heard you, you were like folklore. You'd show up after like being in another country and everyone have a chat with you and be like, is it true what I've heard? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I didn't really think anything other than, all right, that's just one of them things that happened. I didn't really see the yeah, madness yeah. of it. Um, but yeah, at that time I was doing uni and all that and got into building surveying. I got in with a firm of chartered surveyors. I was using all the time. Um, I was still training and that as are well. Are we talking every day? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd drink and have weed every day. At this point, I'd started to have pills and coke pretty regular in the week, but probably not every day. Um, but weed and, weed, and, weed and drink, yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't... I mean, I, my cousin used to take the mick out of me. He'd be like, I'd have train beers, I'd have taxi beers, I'd have this beer, I'd have that beer. I'd have that. I wouldn't go anywhere without drinking in that sense. I'd have to work beers or this, that, the other. Spliffs, I wouldn't do anything with a spliff. I would not do anything with a spliff at that time. Nothing. I wouldn't even go to a family meal until I'd had a spliff. I'd be like, oh, I won't be able to spliff for a night or something. Have a spliff. You know, like that, that was normal. Um, and so, and I was still training at that time pretty much. Like I used to train and fight martial arts and stuff, Thai boxing and all that. And I think, again, it's total contrast to what you're doing to your body and addict. But I think, again, that, that maintained people for doing all right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah. Because that perception's there. Yeah. Um, and I think in, in some ways it was a way to tell myself I was doing all right. Because I could get fit, I could that train. That bravado again. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and that carried on for a bit. And then, uh, to be honest, I knew that that lifestyle in that house was coming to an end. And so, you know, I um, took a decision to move my long-term girlfriend and my wife in. I thought that'll help. And then we did that house up, sold it. And like, it's mad. Technically, Your I was doing things. Time. She had no idea. She had no, no idea. idea at all. She knew I smoked weed. But and and 
I, I, I tell you to him, like, I, I joke me that I was better than my face. I, I had everything stitched up. Anyone who knew what I was doing on one part knew exactly who they could say what I'd been doing and who to. Anyone who, it, it was like, and I didn't let certain people meet or mix or okay, this. It's stressful, that, that man. Yeah, it's, it's uh, tiring. Tiring because you're spinning this web and you're constantly yeah. trying to think, you're shit, living fear. If, they, if they find out this, don't say this. And I knew, see, I knew that of you anyway, you were doing that um, to different people and you'd say, well, you say this and you say that. But you don't know to the extent of what's yeah, going on behind it. Yeah, you just think a bit of Jack the Lad is a bit yeah, Jack the, don't you? Jack the yeah, Lad, yeah. and that's it. Because he always, he, he, through knowing Liam, he never changed. He was always a nice lad. Mm. And he was always the same. Although, no, I do think you've changed. No, he's not. No, I do. I can <laughs> see a difference. That This persona oh, that you've yeah, been yeah, saying yeah. you had from being a young lad and you had yeah. everything sewn up, really, it's an act. Because oh, it's, yeah, you're, yeah. Not, you're not it. being yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, no in the last, last few years is the only time I've seen you actually change and be yourself. There's no bullshit. It's just... No, because you're being different things to different people, yeah. aren't you? That's, yeah. that's true. That. And, you know, you mentioned it's tiring. That was early days, really, in many ways. Because, um, like, I'd got into this chart of ways, we'd done that house and sold it, I made a few quid on that, you know, and then moved my long-term burden, made plans to marry. And I think in some way, looking back, these were all things, right, no, I'll chill out now. I'll stop doing, I'll stop being a dick. I'll stop being a dick. So I got married. And the truth is, I did slow down. I stopped, I stopped being out all the time. I might still smoke weed most days and this, but I slowed down. But what happened then is, if I did go out, I'd disappear for three, four days. Well, probably two or three days more often than not, but sometimes longer if I end up having a Barney about it. Um, and so it was like it was all saved up, and then when you went out, it was like, bang. And it became hard work for the pe even the people who you, I used with or drank with. I, I think, if I'm honest, like one of me, one of the few mates I still sort of have regular contact with, he said, it's hard work. We didn't know if you're going to be chewing a wall one minute, whether you're going to kick off with someone or end up in a ball. He said it, it, like, it became not fun for them to be around. And I always thought I was Mr. F you know what I mean? It yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. and so it just all sort of continued. And y that fear you mentioned, like if anyone was, it's mad, two people have a conversation. I'm sat there thinking, what are you going to say? Don't say that, don't do that. No, we didn't do that. This And that's when t your two people start talking. Um, and it just carried on for a while. And then I had kids. By this point, I'd got in good houses, had good cars, had good money. Started to, <coughs> um, I got involved working with my dad actually, um, and actually built a business, um, a successful business. And so then proper till was coming through the door, um, and so and I, and these all these like this undercurrent of what I was really doing was there. Um, and I think progressing on quite a bit that sort of went on for quite a while and then in the end or not in the end but towards the end I was earning massive money I'd started fighting again so I was like you know I looked told myself I was doing all right um but I was really really unhappy like proper unhappy I didn't like the job I was doing but my lifestyle had got to a point where I couldn't walk away from it, it was I was a director and shareholder of the firm um I didn't like what I was doing and who I was which is quite difficult to try and put into words really, but I'd, I'd changed, do you know what I mean? I was not the same person that I set out to be. I knew yeah. what a good husband, dad, um, and son should be, and I wasn't being those things, you know. I was being quite murky, you know, quite like, 
very much two people going on. Um, so are you drinking every day at this point? <coughs> um, I, won't, I wouldn't say I was drinking every day, but to, at this point I was using every day. I'd finish training me and go and pick up. And uh, like on a, a, a regular weeknight for me towards the end, on a quiet night, I'd do a good few gram of corking. You know what I mean? I mean a good few. Right? You know, and that's, that's... Are you doing this on your own or are you... That's the thing. The thing started, no. By this point then, going out was no longer an option. And I sort of got in my mind, right, if I go out, I'm going to hurt people. I'm going to get upset with people. They're going to get upset with me. So if I'm at home, at least I'm at home. I'm being a good dad and husband. But the truth is, I was at home staying up on it. I'd go and work, not having slept for two days. And I'd be taking a lot of coke at this point. Coke became massive in my life, really. Really took over. Um, things got really quite twisted and that. Um, I even, I mean, like I say, fast forwarding a little bit, I got to the point where I was using in work, I was picking up in work. I'd, there were 30 staff, I had a glass office, gla- glazed office. I was using in work, you know what I mean? It's nuts. I was, I was cutting stuff up in work, in the toilet, because I was buying in large amounts. What was it you were getting from it? Um, what was I getting from it? Probably an escape from thinking about what I was really doing. Or a break from... A break from hating myself. Yeah. But it's crazy because you hate yourself because you're using so much. No, yeah. And 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 it's like, that hits home with me. I were gambling more to escape my fucked up life but I had a fucked up life because I was gambling so I much I know your solution and problems all blurred, yeah it's just it? like yeah, yeah. it's it, true it, and yeah it's just a, it's like a freaking hamster wheel that you just can't get off it's mad yeah and um, so you, you basically just kind of and it sounds weird but just like kind of putting a plaster over the problem and it just you get a I, I think it's more than that I think you put an invisible blanket over the problem you can't yeah. even see the plaster do you know what I mean you're literally yeah. like everything's alright and it's absolutely fa- couldn't be fed from the truth um, but yeah, so everything was just a bit nuts. And at that time, towards the end, we were we we, we were selling the business um, that we'd built up, which was a fucking slog of a process. How much? How much you'd like um, spending money wise on? Um, I'm conscious. I've never really said this to certain people who might be listening, but I will. I will say it because it's not obviously things aren't like that now. But it's worse. I was probably spending two, three grand a week on court. Which is a fair amount when yeah. you're buying in large amounts, you know. Um, a lot of money, that mate, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of money. Um, but I, I, I think, and people talk about the money. But if I'm honest, it's weird, really. I had the means to do that, and yeah. I had the means to do it and not be noticed. And so some people stop because of the fine. You know, some people stop because they've reached a rock bottom where they've financially run out. That wasn't the case for me. My rock bottom was I was mentally done. I was like, and 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 when even my first rock bottom wasn't really rock bottom. But if anything, that made you sort of go on longer because you yeah could, yeah you, yeah because I had head, the means. You, I can afford it. I had the means. When really, that amount of court buying that a week is absolutely insane. But you sort of think, well, I can pay for it. And your it. thinking's your thinking goes mad. Like it's not so, so in a way, it's even more dangerous because you can go on longer because you've not. Say somebody sort of is is buying coke and, and living beyond the means, mm. and then the week after they've got a, a drug dealer chasing them, saying, "Where's that money?" They might not 
sort of get back on it as quick, whereas you just had a, a, an endless amount of money. Well, it's not endless. And it weren't even it. noticed. Do you know what I mean? Like it, so. What's what point did your wife know that? What happened was um, in the summer just before I sold the business. To be honest, my head was going, and um, I knew I actually spoke to one person who I won't say, but and said I need to come clean. I'm falling apart, and they said no, you let too many people, and so I tried to carry on, and my wife actually found a bag, one bag. So, you know, right, not really massive on the scale of things. Yeah. Um, and obviously at this point, she's been with me since I was 15, 16. She didn't know I took drugs. So that for her was massive. And I was like, Jesus. And um, how, can I, how can I get my head around that? Yeah, well, it's, yeah, um, it's pretty strange. But She'd only known you as Liam who took drugs, but yet she didn't know that was the problem. Because I've asked her this question, like, how did you not know? So through all his career when he was working, she thought it was anxiety. So all them late yeah, nights, yeah. she thought he was staying up because he was stressed because of work. So we even had... And you play on that. He even had Vicky, play on it. as yeah. sad as it is, he even had Vicky, you know, involved in this big web. Everyone involved in it. Yeah, you know, yeah. there was only him who knew the truth because it, it, everyone else got bullshit. And... Mm. Um, so she to Vicky, shout out to Vicky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was put with me for a reason, to be honest. I yeah. believe that. Um... And um, so she found this bag. And at that time, it was like, this was the summer before everything was really going mad. And I had a, I had a lot of people, it sounds a bit morbid, this like, it's pretty mental, but I had quite a few people die about me that year. Now, some of them weren't even that close. Some were, some this, some were old, whatever. But because my head was in that place, I was like, this is karma. Like, this is, this is where it's all going to happen. And so like, I'd linked that. So I told Vicky I was taking this bag to get through that which was rubbish. Yeah. But the death thing was quite big for me. Like I thought, I thought God was, I, I've had a pretty unhealthy fear of death and I thought God's the only person that knows. He's throwing that at me. This is it. This is the sign. This is the it's sign. all coming to a head. Yeah. I even said to Vicky at that time, I feel like I'm on step seven of a step 10 plan to me not being here. And she was like, what are you on about? Like I was what proper warped. Who says that to the wife? You know what I mean? And, um, and then, so the company, so at this point, she knew that, sort of played it down, used it for that, nothing really else asked. Companies being sold, um, it was intense, that, like proper intense, never been through anything like it. My and my dad's relationship, probably a bit hard, you know what I mean? A lot of stress, um, and I was just caning that. that, that was my coping mechanism. But I honestly believed this thing we'd been working for, which is to sell the company, I'm gonna sell the company. I'm gonna get a load of cash. Sick, yeah. Everything's gonna yeah. fall into place. Old Everything. Drinks, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jobs are good in. Yeah. yeah. Everything will just be sweet, brilliant. The reality is, and she won't mind me saying because it's the truth, and we don't tell lies. Like the reality is, my company sold. I got a load of dosh. Three days later, Vicky found messages on my phone to someone I shouldn't have been messaging. I was kicked out my house, and it just started the most almighty decline you've ever known in your life. Um, the volumes of what I was using, I had no work to go to as such. I had a lot of money. Um, I was just all over the show. I was going to places and people, mixing with crowds and doing things I shouldn't be doing. Um, and it all sort of came to a head, really. Um, Vicky sort of found more. I, I, w I wouldn't say I was honest. Found more. Um, I sort of, I crashed four cars in a week. Um, 
I was big in car. I like cars, and and um, I crashed four cars in a week. I was paying people off with brain envelopes at hire car companies. So my insurance wasn't this, that, the other. It was all a bit messy. Mark kept sticking his nose in. I think Mark had known something wasn't quite right. To be honest, he was getting involved. He was having conversations with Vicky. Everything was just a bit like all over. My family saw Vicky made me go to my family and tell them that I've been taking court, which I didn't want to do, but I did. Family put a plan in place that just went to shit. Um, there was no stopping me. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I ended up after quite a while. In fact, uh, quite poignant, really. Um, it took me quite a while to realise there was a problem. And, and if I'm honest, I never looked at anything to end my life, this, that, and the other, but I thought, you know what, I've got that many secrets, I've got hurt that many people, it'd be better if I didn't wake up then and find out. And so I started taking large amounts of court with the intention to not wake up. And when I say large amounts, I mean large amounts. Um, so it was a pretty warped way of thinking. But I got to a point where I thought, you know what, I need to do something. People were talking rehab. I knew Mark had been in rehab. I knew I knew, I know, I knew Mark's story. Weirdly, I met him at a wedding in between all this. And I was like, come on, where have you been? What have you been <laughs> yeah. up to this time? And he went, I'm in rehab. And I start, I, rem I remember it vividly. I he was that. in a nice check yeah. blazer and all that. And I started it laughing. And he went, I'm serious. He said, I'm in a rehab. I've come up from my rehab for our mate's wedding. And so that always stuck with me. And so when I realised this, when I got years down the line a bit later on, and this is where I got to, I, rem I remember looking at the mirror, I was a mess. I might have had money in the bank, but I was a mess. You know what I mean? I was mentally done. Everyone around me was had, had enough. Um, and I spoke to Mark. He'd been sticking his nose in quite a bit, to be honest, in, the, in a good way. Like, but And I spoke to him and I said, I need to meet you. Um, we met in Morrison's up the road, actually. <laughs> like, we go back there sometimes. The cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, so, do, we do so go back there, the food, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, you can't <laughs> beat a Morrison's cafe. And, um, and he said he'd meet me. And then about an hour before I met him, I remember ringing him or texting him. Ring or text, and I was yeah. like, look, mate, I said, you need to prepare yourself. I'm not not how you saw me last like you know um and so we met in there um and i just brought that in and just said to him like i said i said i'm fucked i need help but i said in order to get help i'm gonna have to tell everyone how bad it is and that scared the shit out of me because i don't think anyone really knew the full effect at that point mm. As e even though they knew i'd crashed cars even though they, knew, they did not know what was yeah. it, you know what i well, mean just that everyone's looking at liam the bravado yeah. they're always just being liam the jack the uh, lad and um like I, w I was a mess i remember i was like i was pretty skinny my nose was gone like you know my nose wasn't in a good way yeah. my skin were bad everything i was like and do you know what? i i didn't i didn't see any of this when although yeah i, I seen your physical appearance and changed a bit but i actually it was like looking in a mirror for me and i thought we're both good lads at school we've both completely took a fucking crazy path and we're both lost and I knew he was a decent lad uh, and, and he was just lost. So f for me, it was like where I was at a few years before of being completely lost and not knowing. So when Liam says I was sticking my nose in, I was just thinking, fucking hell, this is like this is like what exactly what I've been through. And at that point, I knew what I'd been thinking three years um, previous to this, that there was no way out. And I could see it in his eyes that he was just defeated. And you sort of, you want to, gm up and say look you can get better and get through this but it's got to come from the addict you don't want to prop him up too much so i was in this bit of difficult position but there's one thing that i would have never done this would have walked away from him 
I was going to sort of keep pressing them buttons whether he failed 100 times in this. It, he deserved that that chance of of turning it around because what a shame if, if one of them times when he said he would have used that much drugs that he would have woke up. Look at, what, a, what a waste of a good lad. Yeah. And what the devastation that he would have caused around a lot of people that actually really give a shit about him. So that thing when he said, and that's Liam all over, he's like me, bothers about what people think and yeah. I need to drop that and think, fuck what people think apart from the people who really okay, matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and he was sort of, well, I've got this scab, I didn't give a shit about that. I just wanted to yeah. be, be there for him. Um, yeah. He was. Yeah. So we sat at a coffee and uh, decided that I was going to go and tell everyone how bad it was. Um, What's rock bottom, Liam? Rock bottom is you'll hear it. Well, you might not hear it a lot if you're in a good place. Um, you'll hear a term quite a lot. So it, it's it's you are your lowest point. It's like if if you if you've hit rock bottom, you can't go any lower. Now you'll hear that a lot when addicts talk and recovering. My rock bottom was, and to be honest, I thought that was my rock bottom. But and and I, I, from there, I went into rehab. And I threw myself at rehab. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I didn't throw myself at rehab and all this sort of stuff. Was you committed to it? Yeah, I was committed. I went away. Um my wife, three young kids. Um I didn't let anyone come and see me. Um I, they could have done. I, I really I, I think I threw myself at rehab. I don't I'm not gonna say I didn't, but You did. You did. But I wasn't a success story in rehab. <laughs> what do you mean? Why? Um because in all honesty, there was a step missing, I think, and I think if I'm not honest, I've underestimated it. When I was in rehab, I threw myself at it. I don't doubt that for one second. But Mark's mentioned to you, when he came out of rehab, he stayed somewhere safe. He stayed somewhere safe. He realised he wasn't ready and all that kind of thing. When I came out of rehab, I was dropped right back in where I left off. After four weeks? Four weeks. I remember, I I remember you telling me, sorry, interrupt me. I remember you telling me that you was sort of, you were done in four or five weeks. And then you was going back home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking, shit, there is no way you can live like he's lived for that long and then just go and do four weeks away and drop yourself back into your old life. And I had a conversation, I never told you this, I had a conversation with my mum. And she said, Mark, it's not, you know, there's there's not much after it that he, he can do. He's got to sort of go to meetings. And I was like thinking, I, I just thought there's no way you're going to last. No. Um, well, I would and I do think you threw yourself into rehab, so I don't think you you, you you weren't taking it seriously, but you literally went back to your old life. Yeah, like I weren't I, I weren't ready for what happened when I came out. And what happened when I came out is everyone knew the real Liam as opposed to the bravado. So after being years of portraying yeah. a certain version of Liam, yeah. I walked out and I was Liam the addict. Everyone knew I was Liam the addict. People knew what had happened. People knew if it had let him down. People knew sat and... I was really insecure about things at home. Yeah. I was like, how could my wife stay with me knowing that and this, that and the other and everything just got <laughs> mad really. Um, and um, yeah, I didn't come out with an intention that I wanted to go back to having a good time. Um, that wasn't there at all. But I came out and I just couldn't cope. And I, and, and if I'm honest, I, I, kept, I, I relapsed and I relapsed a few times. But then what I did is I used the information I learned in rehab to try and hide my relapse. I was like, oh no, they've said my sleep might be a bit distorted. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. So I started to like manipulate everything and it was bad. Um, but in rehab, did they not advise you not to go back into the 
because that that seems quite a sort of common sense thing to, to be me. totally on well to be totally honest i think in the treatment center where i went you have a variety of different people for a variety of different problems all coming from a number of different situations and in fairness to them I don't think they can advise everyone on what's best because everyone's quite different. Yeah. They do say to you, go to meetings, do this, do that, do the other. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't that bit that w- I went to meetings. It wasn't that that didn't work. I, I just wasn't ready to be an addict in the real world. I wasn't. <laughs> um, got to as many meetings as I want. I was not ready for that. And I wasn't ready for... There was quite a few things, you know, like I'd hurt a lot of people at home. So whilst I was going back home, things weren't the way they were back home. You know, and that and I, I was really difficult to deal with because I couldn't fix it. It was tough. Um, and so I was relapsing, um, hiding my relapses, getting found out, pushing people further away. Um, and it got pretty bad because when, you, when you're when you an addict or, wh- or when you've had a, a drug and drink problem, whatever you want to say, um, and you've been into treatment, and so everyone involved in your life knows that you shouldn't be doing that. You ain't got that many places to go and do it. And so what I was doing to continue using drinking or anything else wasn't, it was mental. Like I remember wondering, I remember decking 20 gram and wondering we're in the forest, you know what I mean? And like, th- it, it was mad, you know, this this director, this, that, the other, a few months ago, I was now an absolute nut job, like, what, you know, and it wasn't good. Um, and I got found out a few times and, things weren't going well like um at all and it got to a point where um i was told to my wife asked me to plan my funeral arrangements because she didn't think i'd make it she asked me to write the intentions for um my my, my kids on my birthday how they're going to remember me she actually made me write those things down um and told me that i needed to go away again um, and after one particular occasion, I didn't realise it at the time, but my sponsor, Mark and Vicky, were in cahoots, like they were in conversation. Um, and I woke up one morning um, and was told, you're going living with Mark. And that was it. Um, that's, that's true. I remember um, <laughs> that moment of, I had a one-bedroom flat, so... Obviously, Liam's been successful, and I've been to Liam's house a number of occasions, so it's a fancy. But <laughs> top and tail. No, no, it's, no, but do you know what? I had a Jeeves, one bedroom the butler flat, opens so the door. Do you know what I mean? remember yeah. saying to him, I'm thinking, "Oh, look, it were nice. I'd done, I'd done my flat up nice." But I was thinking, it's not what it's not what Liam it's not what Liam's used to. So I remember saying to you, I don't know if you remember this. No, I did what, just tell you I woke up in a shed once. It's all yeah, right. Yeah, but I didn't know all this at the time. So I'm going. Um, Liam, there is a nice hotel facing if you want to like stay there, but you can stay with me. And it wasn't because I didn't want him there. I just thought he's not going to want to stay in my one bedroom flat. He went, no, mate, I want to come and stay with you. And I thought, well, fair fucks to him. So he came, turned up, went and bought a bloat bed. Every night, every morning, blowed it up. Blowed it up, right. It's like, it like symbolic. So, <laughs> and basically, we'll, we'll, I'll go back to what Liam said. He went to the Priory. And after that, there was no halfway house for Liam. It was go back home and and you know back to the real world i did a halfway house so when i finished after 12 weeks at rehab i did six months in a halfway house that i lived monday to friday and i came back to bolton every weekend so i said to liam use this now at my house as your halfway house i said so you're going to do everything that i did in my recovery 
I remember a, a few things I was doing and I, we, I, I do a weekly planner. So on a Sunday night, we write everything what we're doing from Monday to Sunday. I've like been at school. Yeah, and he's like, what the fuck? Like, have you done your planners? And I'm I remember, like, fucking <laughs> I remember him because my flat was so small and being on the phone to Vicky going, I don't think I'm going to cut out for this. And I were a bit like, he better not fucking bottle it now. I'm telling you, because I would have been pissed off with him and I would have fucking roasted him to the point he's never been roasted before. And I'd be like, well, all right, well, let's carry on. And then we got into this routine of going for walks, talking. We used to have our film nights. We'd get toffees yeah. in. Or well, boxing. Like, Sometimes yeah. boxing when we'd have a boxing night. I can't, I'm oh, going to say it like men behaving badly, but we weren't fucking behaving badly. No, we're men behaving well. We were men <laughs> behaving, behaving well. well Boys yeah. behaving well. So this thing was happening. We got gym, then, didn't we? Yeah, and we got gym. And and this, and do you know what was it was? It was two mates that were mates at school that had been off and lived a mad life and would sit on the couch and at the time, he thought I were helping him, and I was, but he was helping me because I got to the stage of me of being used to being on the run and living on my own. And really, rehab for me, although it was a turning point, I was a, I was still alone. I was still away from my kids. I was still away from my family. So having Liam, a friend who I went to school with, sat on my couch at night and just talking, he were helping me. So Liam often says he I was sticking my nose in and all that and... No, at the time I wasn't doing it because I thought, well, I want someone to come and live on a bloke bed in my front room. But how it happened, we both at that moment in our lives, we both helped each other because he sort of turned things around for me and made me think, right, I'll, I'll have that bit of drive. And literally, we'd we, we'd have our days out, we'd have our walks, we'd do this, we'd go to the gym, and then at the night we'd just sit on the couch and we'd just talk. I'd be on my chair, he'd be on on the couch. That's the wrong way around as well, isn't it? I should have been on yeah, the couch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I was, I'll be honest, I did. I was like a boss in his front Yeah, room. he's with his feet <laughs> up. And you've, I always got, you've always got that in you, haven't you? Yeah, manipula- manipulative again. But, and and then we just chat every, every night. And, and this... My recovery became established in that period. Yeah. But the things you're mentioning... I, I was in a safe place, do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I, was, I was somewhere out of harm. So I could do those things yeah. without worry. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's what worked. That's what worked for me. And I still did a lot of the things that I was told at a treat. You know, I was I, at that time. I I wasn't let take my car down and stuff and all that. And so like, I do. I held, his, I held his bank cards, which shows how far I'd come along because five years before, no one would have <laughs> given me their bank cards. Like, give me your bank cards. I'm, I was I'm like, are you mani- sure? I'm managing <laughs> someone's money here, so I'm thinking this is quite like but that's like, how far I'd come, sort of thing. I'd be doing one or two meetings a day, um, every day, for, for the overtime I was there. So that's fellowship stuff. So I'd be doing like AACA and whatever. Yeah. Um, I'd be doing something with my, like we generally try to do, Mark, I'd be doing these week planners and they were massive actually at the time and I didn't yeah. realise why, but because if you get to a point in a week when you're early days where you've nothing on, that's the point your head will go. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you've got your week planned, and so we used to do something relaxing, something productive, and a meeting every day. Mm. So like three things: do th- do three things in a day, eat well, yeah, um, and 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 try to work it that way. And we had a bit of a laugh, you know. Um, I think that's the first time I realised recovery doesn't have to be a sad, lonely, boring thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it allowed me to establish my recovery. Like, like things became solid, and we started to have discussions about what we wanted to do because we were we were both at crossroads. In different ways, Mark's mentioned I helped him or whatever and all that. 
I didn't know that at the time, but one thing was clear. We were at crossroads. Mark had been down there for a long time away from his family. And, you know, um, was at a point of what do I do next? What, where, where do I go from here, I think, is probably yeah, a, of fair, course it was, fair, yeah. a fair yeah. thing. I was at a point where I was determined to not end up doing something I hated or I wanted to get back, but I wanted to do something with Whale and I had potentially the ability to set something up. And so from there, we were like, we, kept, we, we talked about some right nut stuff as well at times, but this this idea that, you know, it, why we met you and everything, this idea, it started there. So why, where did Wise Up come from then? Why, when, w- when, what was that epiphany, the eureka moment? Was it sat on the couch? Well, sorry, you're sat on the chair, right? Yeah, he's on the bloke bed. No, for, <laughs> look, it didn't, it wasn't just this light bulb moment. I'd been speaking a lot about working at the rehab and I loved it. I loved helping people as such and, and and you know you're here giving something back but I used to love it I used to finish my working day at the rehab I'd ring my mum I'd say do you know what it's been brilliant today I'm coming back feeling happy there's no stress here and I knew I wanted to sort of go into something whether it was sort of like working at a rehab or helping someone L- Liam was obviously at the start of his journey in recovery mm. and, and what we said is um, we, we spoke a lot about school and when these behaviours started happening and, and, and then going, how have we missed this? Do you know, like, we, 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 uh, a lot of our behaviours started at 15 and 16, but yet we didn't even know what was going on. And we said, did, did anybody come in any schools and speak about anything? We couldn't even remember them. I still don't. And I think the other thing is, if they had, had they lived it? No, no. I'd would have remembered if an addict would have oh, come in school, I would have remembered it. And, and the it. other thing as well, and I'm so, sorry to cut in, no. but I think it's really important, is when we kept talking about this stuff, we kept saying, yeah, but we were doing all right. We were doing all right, but we had good jobs, but we had money, but. And so what we, we realised pretty quickly is whatever we thought an addict and addiction was back then, we challenged it. Our, our journey and our experience smashes every stereotype. We yeah. weren't on a park bench. We weren't unemployed. We didn't have no door. We didn't have no family. We were loved. Do you know what I mean? And and and, and so these these sort of preconceptions, yeah, judgments, yeah, yeah. stigmas, whatever you want to call it, our own story smashes every one of them. They don't exist in our story. And so we could really not only could we have impact because we've lived it and, and potentially we can talk to people at the right age when behaviours are being formed. Or, or, or boundaries being made, whatever you want to call it. Mm. But we would also challenge every single preconception of what that you would have. Of what an, of what an addict, addict is. is. Yeah, yeah totally, t- totally get that. It's like I've, I've learned so much from talking to you both. Yeah, it, yeah. It's just, you know, it's kind of blown my mind, to be honest. Yeah, cause you, and it shows how, you, how well you can hide it. You yeah. know, there's, and there's a lot of people out there that are just like us now yeah. doing the same thing. And I hope they're listening or I hope they come across us and think, shit, that's me. Yeah. And I'm sure there is, because I've met loads of people in recovery yeah. who are just like us. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, really? like, uh, Loads? No, no. <laughs> in fact, after listening to your story now, fucking no one. Um, <laughs> but, but at that point, um, Liam was still at the early stages of recovery. So what we decided, we came up with this idea, and we said, we'll set it up. But set what up? Set wise up up. And what is wise up? Um, at, at that time, what at, was it? At the time, I'll tell you what it were. Should we go in some schools and do some talks? Right, okay. That was that was that, pretty much that was it. Started. And you yeah. just think, well, tell our story, it'll be this. Okay, now where it's at today, it's completely different. Yeah. But 
like I go back to, I'll just say, Liam was still at the, we had to put the handbrake on. Yeah. I had to put the handbrake on. Because you weren't on. ready. Because Liam wasn't ready. And it wasn't been fair on him. He needs to focus on his recovery. And it yeah. was as simple as that. And I think as well, not only did I need to focus on my recovery, but we needed to be able to defend where we were at if someone challenged us. Yeah. I needed to be in a strong enough yeah, position yeah. to say, I'm okay to do this. Yeah. yeah not yeah. just for me, but for others who might ask, you know. Yeah, yeah. So the handbrake was put on as such but the company was was formed mm. and then what i said i'd do it i had the parliament coming up so i went to parliament sort of as wise up and saying this is what we've set up under mm. the radar my he was forced to go as like a representative of this that and the other and he just went and blitzed wise up for us today. yeah yeah i was going as mark up this success story and i'm like i'm mark from wise up <laughs> and everyone's like but it's stuck in people's heads yeah, we've we got gamble. a load of good meetings we, out of it. we met a met gamble aware that and that's that um them seen me speak at, at the parliament so like i said i went off and spoke at parliament we spoke to a few sort of schools that we could go into and sort of said right we need to go out and pilot this but each time that we went out it wasn't we wasn't ready it was that this needed to sort of build in the service it needed, needed to evolve to, yeah, yeah. It, it needed to evolve with end of the day we were two recovering addicts but we felt like we had a bit of nose about us but it's been it's been good it's been but, Around that time, I'd gone home then, hadn't I? You got, yeah, yeah. I'd gone home. Yeah. And Mark missed me so much. Like, he was <laughs> on the phone to me all the time. And that. so, anyway, he ended up moving right corner from me. Yeah. No, I'll tell you what it was. This is, uh, this is, <laughs> it's all mine, it's all right. Yeah. You want to say that? Why don't you just tell everyone it. you missed me? I'll tell you what it was. Why won't you say that? I would have <laughs> never moved back. I'm telling you. Come I, on, Mark. No, listen. You're I'm, in a nice place. You're in a comfortable place. <laughs> you're in a safe place. environment. Just, if you like, no, Liam, I didn't, I didn't, just tell him. I didn't have the balls to move back. And I thought to myself, I'll move back in six months. I'll move. I've got my little comfort blanket down here. And Mr. Control Freak said, no. oh, oh, there's a f um, flat around the corner from me. I will literally move, but I'm so glad that he pushed me because he gets things done. I'm sometimes yeah. a bit more laid back. To be honest, both of you, what I've noticed is that you do make up a full person when you put both of you together. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. That's another way of saying we're half a person short. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but yeah. <laughs> you do work no. well together. Yeah, but you know what? And we, we are totally different in the way we work. Yeah. And yeah. Liam's more like, right, there's this place around the corner yeah. for me. You're going to move there. And we think next minute I'm having a view and I'm going, oh, you know, I'm like coming back. I don't yeah. think I'm ready. But you need that. The sometimes. best. Sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. So sometimes. me helping him a few months before, he helping me because mm. he forced me into moving back and I do not regret that, deci that decision. I didn't put him in back of a van with machetes. I'm not one of those. You have yeah. to catch him. I give first. him a nudge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm fast runner. <laughs> so, yeah. So from me moving back, my relationship with my kids are fucking brilliant. I'm a good dad. I see them all the time and instead of just coming back at the weekends and then flying back, I had no say in my lad's life because I'd be giving him a bollocking and they'd be thinking, what are you on about? You're down there. I just... Yeah. It, so for me, that point, we were both at a crossroads, um, which, you know... And, 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 and what we do as a service or as a business or anything else might have evolved massively, but one thing that's remained the same from, you know, initial spark of an idea to today is that we wanted to run something that we were happy going into work every day. We didn't want to lose work-life balance. We didn't want to be in those environments where we'd been off our head before, you know, and, lo and losing yeah. ourselves. And so we were, however it ended up evolving, it was going to be built around our families, around what we want to do day to day, 
and we want to be happy walking in and happy walking out do you know what yeah. I mean? and like, also a friendship of somebody you're working with that you're not thinking i'm not looking for a goal work with him tomorrow or it's, it's stressful mm. he's getting on my tits yeah we've always been open and when things are bothering us and it might not be each other bothering us it might be something going on we go in well, and we say we're I'll, having a tough time i'll be straight with you i had to have a conversation with mark early on about the fact he listens to 80s radio on digital <laughs> radio station <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine. handle that to be honest mate yeah. he'd be on this podcast no with you, I, right. i'm telling you gold and i never listened smooth, to snoop dog classic. dr Dre, and now my kids get in my car and, and go, he said he was educated yeah, can you believe that he's got me into all that now so i'm giving so, it all so that. occasionally we have a straight no like oh don't mate don't. i've gone from 80s to west side he's got me wearing nike used to only wear adidas well, yeah. let me talk i'm just going to big myself up a little bit right, right. but since you've come in and we've done the new branding and we've kind of like I've developed you into who I think you should be. Mm. What what would you say? What's happened since we've changed from wise up to wiser? Well, ourselves. We can be not. ourselves. It's it's dropped this. We were being too corporate. And I, look, I, I, w- I was given your details of somebody else. Um, and I remember watching the, the Instagram videos. Mm. I was laughing as I thought, this, this guy's a crazy fucker. But yeah. I want to listen to what he's going to say. Yeah. And we both came with a bit of an open mind, but bearing in mind we'd gone with somebody else to another marketing company. I, I must admit, I thought, shit, are these really sort of getting it? But I, di- I didn't know what the whole world of marketing was about. I thought, well, they must know the stuff. Mm-hmm. But the first time we met you, even the way we deliver now, I just feel like it's dropped this guard of, oh, uh, there's no bullshit. <laughs> we, we are going to go out there and be Mike and Liam yeah. and all no well, punches and... Earlier on, Mark said, what, do, you remember, do you remember when he was talking about being an apprentice electrician? Yeah. And he was doing that because he was doing what he was supposed to do. Yeah. We were doing what we were supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. We'd set up a limited company. We'd got an accountant. We'd done this, that, the other. You've and I'll be honest. You've got some flyers. You've got some Yeah, we've done, uh, yeah we, we'd done, we'd done the box to connect exercise of becoming a company. We needed to do that, though. Because that well, allowed us then to know what we don't want to I'm not, be. Yeah, I'm not uh, saying it wasn't a process yeah. we needed to go through, but what I'm saying is we'd done what we were supposed to do. Yeah. But something, we used to say, our USP is us, our USP is us, our USP is us. We'd say every meeting, but the reality was we were nowhere to be seen in that company Yeah. in terms of how it was set up or anything else. And I think what, I don't know, I, I suppose you've summed it up really well there, Matt, but we were doing what we were supposed to do, now we're doing what we want to do. And we're doing what we want to do with a lot more confidence because yeah. when we came in, you were like, it's all about you. Do it, do it, yeah. do it. And now, like you've said already, it's matter. It, it's the ripple effect's huge, actually, because from a brand and a logo discussion, we're now, our presentations, our delivery, our meetings have all changed. God. Um, our message is different. And I remember the morning we were due to come here Bearing in mind, Mark said, I'm the one that's supposed to get the sift done, everything else. I remember we were yeah, walking yeah. out my back gate. You've been to our office. Yeah, it's a yeah. separate building at ours. We're walking out of my back gate. And I said, I don't know how we're going. I literally said to him, I don't know how we're going. We can't, I, I don't know what we're going to do here, mate. We've got someone working for us. We do this, that, and the other day. And I remember coming in thinking, right, have an open mind, have an open mind, have an open mind, and thinking, I don't I don't understand what you could do. I was yeah. struggling with it all. I didn't, I was like, where's it going to fit? And I, I, I knew he was at the I time. I appreciate your honesty, Liam. No, I, no, I'm being serious. Fucking hating him for fucking fuck. I, I, I knew at the time, bearing in mind, we just placed the order with this other marketing company. Yeah. Um, and 
but I, I just knew I had a, I don't know I had a feeling when yeah. I watched the video and you made me piss me sides watching your stuff which was great and that's not saying it wasn't professional stuff yeah, but it yeah. was just like this guy's a bit different way different yeah and um, now I didn't think we're going to be what and I think I said to you on on the Instagram message I don't think we're going to be placing an order yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah. we want to come and have a chat yeah um and then from that from that chat it's just sort of it's, it's allowed us to be ourselves and think right no, yeah. we're not corporate. We're Mark and Liam, and that's what'll drive it. Yeah. And I'll go back to the way we deliver. That, that this business presentation that we had a couple of weeks ago, we would have not have delivered in that way if we weren't in contact no with way. you. No way. But yet, that way of delivering, of just holding not, you know, no mm. bullshit. I think I, I and you always you mentioned swearing a lot of the time. I think one of the first things I said was. I got introduced as a guest speaker and I said, a guest speaker, I said, if you would have told me that 10 years ago, I would have pissed me sides and everyone laughed. Now, this I is would, to 50 board level members. Yeah, yeah. And now, so. it just, everyone laughed and then before you knew it, yeah. we were ripping each other we took, and weren't swearing, effing and jeffing all the way through it. But when yeah. it was, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we know put what? it in. I and think it just worked. It was like we were talking to people around uh, having a bit of food and having yeah. a crap with 50 blokes. But yeah, these were 50 board directors of a company. It's yeah. It's and opened, we got it. I was going to say, it's opened my eyes to the fact you, being professional doesn't mean you have to not be yourself. Yeah. And and, and, and I think that that's that's massive. We, we, we are professional and we believe in what we're doing, but we're ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're not pretending to be something. Um, I couldn't have I couldn't have handled the corporate. I was shitting at me. I were sort of trying to remember things. Yeah, because I'm a, I'll go back to it, but you put you, by doing the corporate, and I've said this bit, you put a Pravada on, yeah. and it's not really yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't, I, I, I say this bit, it doesn't matter what you look like, it's how you make people feel. Yeah, yeah. Right, and that's what a brand is, and that's what Mark and Liam do. They make f- people feel good. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I remember sitting there where Mark is, and bear in mind, I'd come with this, I don't know why we're doing this. We're yeah. busy. Why, do I, why are we having this meeting kind of thing? I was a bit like, I didn't mean to be rude. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I get, but that's I get where that I was at. But did, I, you, did you notice the sign? Did I tell you about the, the little electric shop buzzer thing? Yeah. 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 It's, I, that's the slight electric. It's not actually that. It's actually when you get in here. That's the real shock. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember well, yeah, you, had no, you had no shoes on and was smoking an e-cig. Yeah. Now, I was just thinking. <laughs> this isn't a business meeting. <laughs> no, yeah, but I thought, this is even better now. This is putting up. And I knew we were thinking, where are we going here? Where yeah. are we going? The yeah. dog's walking yeah. off. The yeah. dog's walking around. And then one of the last things you said, which I thought, we're going to work with this man is we were sort of going on about, well, what if people think this or stuff from our past? And you said, which is something I always, always say a lot. You said, fuck them. And I was thinking that is exactly what comes out of my mouth well, to learn how to deal with my past. Yeah. Fuck them. Do you know what I mean? They're either yeah. on board or they're not. Yeah, and you yeah. said that. And I thought that's the moment sort of, oh, we'll yeah. work with this bloke. I definitely. think if you can sit, we were sat there and I remember coming in with that mindset and thinking, I know all, all my points are right. I can argue this. I know we don't need to do it, everything else. I sat there and I, I, when you're left with no argument and you're like, I can't fight him. Everything he said is right. Then you know what I'm trying to say is it. Because he will argue. If you can defend. Yeah, yeah. If you, I can if I can defend something, yeah. then I'm not bought in. Yeah. If I have no defense left, yeah. but to agree, yeah. then that's the best you way kept, to buy You kept him. smiling. That's what I knew. Because <laughs> I was looking at you thinking, what's Liam thinking here? And he was just smiling. And I thought, I'm buzzing that we yeah, because yeah. compare that to the meeting that we had down in Bournemouth with the other marketing company and they did not do nothing wrong they were pro- really professional but they weren't for us yeah. 
Yeah. And it was just so different. Yeah. It was, you know what I mean? We were ourselves. That's what that um, poster put on the other day about flaking and perpetrating. Yeah. You know, nobody's scared to actually get into the, you know, brand and that's what it is. It's fear. It's yeah, fear. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know something? We were at a meeting yesterday um, and it could be a very supportive meeting. Um, and don't me wrong, the, the, there's no issue with anything that was said yesterday. But it, it, in order to go along with that meeting, we're going to have to tick boxes of this and that. And we both walked out and we went, that's taken us back to the old version of us. Yeah. And that was quite powerful that yesterday because it was quite poignant really. And I'm not, I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to be out of order, but it was quite... Are you kidding? That is the most poignant part of your brand right there. To be no, because we don't believe in that. Right. And... That's what I say to everybody. When you're setting a brand up, you've got to understand what your goal is, what your purpose is. And then once you say that first, no, because you don't, sorry, but that doesn't fit into our ethos, yeah. our integrity. And, you, and, and, you and know these, these are one of the biggest sort of... Don't say uh, yeah, I won't, no, I won't say a name, yeah. but what I'm saying is it would be easier for us to think, oh, we're on board with these. Yeah. But I said to Liam on the way home, now I know by not thinking want to go down that route, we are going to be different. Yeah. We are going to be the ones. You know why? Because you both stand for something now. And yeah. you said the word both there, and do you know what? It was massive for me. Not only did we we have that conclusion, but sometimes you you sometimes you can come at things from a different perspective, and that's a strength sometimes. But we both walked out, and I said, "What did you think?" And I thought, "He's not in agreement. He's not in agreement." We both came out of that mentality, which also tells me that we're both bought into this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you, that's don't, like, you don't always have to agree on things and we, do, and no, we no. don't. But when, do you know yeah. what I mean? When the time's right, we stand up for what we believe in. Yeah. And I don't think we've ever got to a point where we've both been standing off. We've both gone away with things and thought, yeah. right. And I, and that's how it's going to work. I, I love love working with them. Love, uh, you know, every minute of it. See, he does like me. No, I do, because I've been, I've, I've <laughs> let... Well, I've Why don't you lie down? Just lie down. <laughs> <laughs> Why stroking your leg, Mark? <laughs> I've worked with a lot of wankers. Yeah. And I, do you know what I mean? Look, I'm working with my mate. And yeah. um, we're not always going to ag- agree on everything. And, It'd be and stupid so, too. Yeah. And, and so, do you know what I mean? We both are being sheep then. And, and we've bo- we both got strong yeah, personalities yeah. in different ways. Yeah. Like I said, he's very proactive. I can go away, think about things and, and, and come at it from a different angle a few days yeah. later. But... It, the, the chemistry how it's working yeah. it's working and from meeting you it's just give me this feeling about I, I always knew there was something out there that was going to happen with this and I, but I didn't know what it was yeah. and it certainly wasn't going down that other route it was the first time like when I walked out of here we looked at each other from this office the first time of meeting you and we went this is it now this got confidence. This confidence from the first meeting. You know why? Because all I'm doing is telling you be yourselves. Yeah, yeah. Confidence from the first meeting. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's it, I think, because you, you think you should be ticking boxes, this is, we should be doing this and doing that. You don't, you, you can't, if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for everything. Yeah. And you're going you're gonna to get, but if you, you truly understand your brand, what you believe in, your integrity, your values, your ethics, and kind of go, this is us. Yeah. Then... Even the videos, we, yeah. we wouldn't have been doing them videos, and look, they were they were quite difficult. But the fact that we've sort of put our out, outtakes on there and had a laugh on there, yeah. do you know what I mean? We, we, we're loving yeah. doing them. The response has been I was going to totally say, different than what we were, you know, at, we're we've getting. Had, we've had a corporate and professional response to a video that couldn't be less corporate and professional. Do you know what I mean? We've even yeah. had people asking us, yeah. 
about our business service on the back of videos that are nothing to do with business. Yeah. It's strange how yeah. it all sort of comes together. Yeah. Um, it's because your message is so strong, lads. Your message is so strong. It, it could be on a podcast, it could be written in a blog. It yeah. don't matter. It's how you make people feel. And yeah. I keep coming back to that. Yeah. It's not about what you look like. It doesn't matter what logo you've got. It doesn't matter. How do you want people to feel? Yeah. And that's all that matters. Yeah. And it's a good feeling as well. We've not been used to it. You know, people are, are writing and we don't know yeah. and saying, you've helped us. Well, you've helped with our and, and, and somebody messages saying, oh, yeah. could, you, could you help me? That's all that matters. <coughs> that's God, all and that matters. That's been the one of many. Like, yeah. It's just literally snowballed that. And we, and we never thought that would happen. We never... You know, we've got to be careful sometimes because we're not therapists. We're two lads who've been We're through. not a treatment provider. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But we will always try and help. Yeah. But we're not sort of claiming to be... Um, Wise Up delivers a prevention awareness service. Yeah. Mark and Liam will always try and help. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That, that's, that's okay, that. Yeah, that's all right, that. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I think I'd rather have that maybe yeah. than yeah, anything yeah. else, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. Knowing that's that true. there's two lads out there that I can just DM if I've ever got a problem in my life yeah, and yeah. stuff, there's actually something that made me feel quite warm inside, to be honest, yeah. to know that I'm not going to be alone. Yeah, and yeah. I'll, I'll have that every day of the week now. Yeah. But I, I, I truly believe that the um, the schools need to embrace this because yeah. I think there's some really um, lonely kids out there that are suffering with social anxiety and stuff like that. And yeah. oh, know, it's all part of it, I think. And you the know Wise Up Academy for me, I know you say at that time you were on the start of your journey. I just feel that you two as a Wise Up are just on the start of it because honestly, I can see this so big for you both. The Wise Up Academy that you'll set up, which... You know, yeah. I I think that's going to be massive. Yeah. You know, wise up gym academy for the mind. When you come in, instead of training your body, you train your mind to get better. And I think you're going to do some amazing stuff, both of you. Yeah. yeah. I'm so. excited. <laughs> we, we I can, am really we can, excited. We can feel it happening, can't we? And, and like I said, we we've um, certainly in the last few weeks from dealing with yourself, it's just we've dropped the bullshit, and w- and we don't need to be. Yeah. Bullshitting after we all are the UK's number one addictive brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. but do you know? Do you know what we went through life being corporate and bullshit and and hiding our addictions? Mm. No, because you try pleasing people. Yeah. People think you need to be like because yeah. it'll please other people. But and, and the best thing was the other day we went into this uh, when we did that business presentation. Went into an environment at the Mal- Malmaison in Manchester. You know, it was a big function room, and it's probably the only working environment that you can go in and we can go in, be ourselves and say we've been absolute wrongans, but people actually clap us for it. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're actually being ourselves and saying yeah. this is who we are. So no skeletons can come out the closet. Yeah. No one could contact that company and say, do you know you've got a drug addict and a gambler yeah. working in there? Well, actually, yeah, we do. That's why we booked them. Yeah, so yeah. it's like this massive weight off our Most shoulders that yeah. we're saying we fucked up and now we are here and that's it yeah that's it. most presenters if you if most presenters guest speakers motivational speakers are stood up there because they've got a good idea and because they've done a lot of things right we're stood up there because we've got everything wrong yeah i yeah. mean it, it's as yeah. simple as that so so that mentality of you know fuck them well y- you know my presentation's about everything i got wrong so if there's someone in the audience <laughs> who i did something wrong too it's not really that much of a surprise <laughs> is it you know I, mean? I, th- I think there's when, when i say the word fuck em, i don't do it from a sort of narcissistic i know there's, no, a, there's no. a different fuck em. and yeah. and people said to me tim stop swearing you what's it but i'm not doing it from the level that you think i am i'm yeah. doing it from just kind of a, it's a more of a positive fuck em. To yeah. kind of go, you know what? Yeah, don't let it detract you. Yeah, yeah. Just keep and going. That, yeah, and keep going. Yeah. You know, don't let people get you down. Bum, 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 bum. And it's, it, it's imp- I think it's important to say fuck them every now and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And do you know what? It goes full circle. 
I know there'll be a time in my life that somebody will contact me and it'll be maybe a friend of somebody. In fact, it's happened. It, it has happened. It might be a friend of somebody who I've hurt because of money I gambled in the past, but I, I wouldn't ever turn around and go, I'm not getting involved with this person. And I will, I would help that person, um, you know, the friend or whatever, or even, even if it was them. So I believe if, if you keep doing like the good that we're doing and try and doing it, it goes full, full circle and you can build bridges with people anywhere. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't be happier with, it, with what we're doing. I, I wake up every day and think, I, I drive to work, which is about 30 seconds. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> should be walking. No, I'd end up needing a loo. Um, so, but yeah, I, I couldn't be happier with every, everything. Because um, it feels good what you're doing, that's why. Yeah. It? yeah, it does. Yeah. You can see it in your videos, honestly. Yeah. I get uh, people just tell, uh, talk to me all the time, oh, they have videos that Mark and Lean doing from Wise Up are just the race. Oh, because they're real. Yeah, yeah. And you got to remember that. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep, you know, slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. And yeah. at some point or another, you're just gonna cap. You, you, I think it's important for you to both to kind of um, stop every week and have a look at what you've done. I know you do the, you know, the gratitude things and yeah, stuff, and yeah. I, you keep doing that because honestly, from where you were with this wise up to the wise up you are today is massive change um, you can see it in your instagram when i've scrolled back where you were and then where you are now massive and where we've been liam going about having all that 20 gram of that stuff and walking around the forest mm. i slept in bolton hospital toilet because i had nowhere to go me so on the way to that business presentation i was saying in my head i slept in bolton hospital toilet now look where i am now look where i am and that you sometimes have to pinch yourself and People go, God, that's an inspirational story. But because you're so sort of driven on getting yeah. wise up right, it's easy to forget sometimes. But just yeah. saying that on the way to that presentation, remembering that night of sleeping and a security guy was knocking on. There's someone in there. I'm, I'm embarrassed thinking, fucking hell, what am I doing? To, to going up and speaking into a business about you know addiction in the workplace. I, I couldn't be happier. So yeah, onwards and upwards, pal. Really proud <laughs> of yourselves. I think it's amazing. Oh, nice one. It yeah. Is sick. Yeah. yeah it's right. Let me ask you this. Where are you up to with your breathing? Um, I'm at two minutes, 35 seconds. Oh, I was going to you try and trump you on your <laughs> what, were you, what were you? I'm on like two minutes, 10 now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mate, some days. I was really trying hey, to go listen, for it then. You want to talk bravado? <laughs> I talk to the wrong guy. <laughs> My business is bravado. <laughs> I run bravado. <laughs> Right, so right. we're at what with a two hours thirty minutes. What? What? Um, I'm going to leave it there for this one, but we're going to do. I think we need to keep doing these. Yeah, we need to spreading the me. message and kind of where we're up to. Um, so, where can people find you if anybody has got any problems or they need you need to talk to Mark and Liam because they're the sick as fuck. Where can they find you? I'm getting the nod, so I'm doing it. <laughs> um, you can get us. One of the best ways is Instagram at the moment, yeah. um, which is at official wise up. No, wrong. Wise up official. No, wise up official. Wise oh. up official. And you, you need to spell it. Oh, do I? All right. W-H-Y-S-U-P. Wise up. <laughs> yeah, a little bit like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, at wise up official. And that's the same for Facebook, isn't it? Yeah. And then we've got the website, which is under construction, but is uh, wiseup.co.uk. And it is wise up like the question, W-H-Y-S-U-P. Yes. Thank you for everybody listening.
Mark, Liam, thank you very much. Thank you very much Thanks for having us. Much yeah, appreciated. Peace out, fuckers.